Quest Beyond. Carl, Ryan, and Sam review the new movies you may want to see and talk a little news along the way. Venture with them for The Quest Beyond. The Quest Beyond. We're back again another week to discuss the newest movies coming out. Now, being in Canada, we are right back headed into a lockdown. So we are watching these digitally wherever they're streaming. Some people who can have access to HBO Max can watch it there. Other people have to premium rent this thing right out of their own pocket. So we will let you guys know where should you be investing your money. Because sometimes it costs a pretty penny to watch these things. And if you're going to go big, like the movie we are watching today in Godzilla vs. Kong, the characters are big. Was the execution big? That's what we'll talk about when we review that later. Before we get there, though, we have some news to discuss. I'm Ryan Starfire. I'm Sam McLennan. I'm Kyle the Lugan 17. I'm Justin Thaulis. I'm a guest, I guess. Who's Hello. It? I, we have to mention, even though the listeners can't see, that Justin is in black and white and he does not know why. <laughs> I don't know. I, I said it before. There's weird parts of my camera that are in color. It's like something out of Schindler's yeah. List. So, Yeah, the piggy Just bank like a, from Toy Story. Pig. Yeah. 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 Ham? Yeah. That's Ham, the only yeah. thing Ham. in color. Yeah. And like everything else. Girl. All his it's Star Wars figures butt. black and white. <laughs> <laughs> you know that would have been a very different movie if Schindler's List instead of the little girl had the had Ham from Toy Story. It's just it. a piggy bank. <laughs> oh man! Oh, is a metaphor oh, for poverty? <laughs> oh. Death of capitalism. There's so much. Uh. There's so much depth to Ham that we did not notice. Well, that's right. Uh, yes. Swayze is back. You guys may have known him if you listened to the Galaxy Quest podcast, the former iteration of this whole shindig he was a mainstay on that one as both a guest and as a host for a long time we appreciate him coming back i'm glad to be back it's been a while since i've done a podcast it's been a while and you also did a lot of the art don't bring that up (laughs) (laughs) don't don't bring up my atrocious artwork you did great posters for us way back in the day you made no i didn't you made us look like so bad you made us look like jedis and we were sitting on the the hollow deck or whatever it's called if i did them today they would be like actually kind of okay yeah i was going through my old files the other day and i found a file just called do not open and they they were all in there <laughs> can you put that in our shared drive because all i remember about my person is they were whiter than ryan yeah <laughs> I, I I didn't know how to do the colors, so I just would sample them for pictures, and I would always sample the highlights accidentally, so they would always be light as hell. <laughs> I still gladly so. have a bunch of those original posters printed and signed by Swayze, so one day... Did I sign them? You signed them. I got you in person to sign them when you'd come over to record the podcast, so... Oh, God. I'll pay you actual money to never show anyone them. Okay, let's I'm going to wait till you make it big, then you got to pay me the money. No, let's, let's, <laughs> it's going to be like a ransom. Can we turn them into NFTs? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Feel free, absolutely. There we go. Well, we appreciate oh. you coming back on, Swayze. We appreciate you for having me. We hope it was not in vain. We'll find out towards the end of this episode when we review Godzilla vs. Kong. But before we get there, we got some news to talk about.
What a bunch of topics we have in the news today. We've pushed it back two weeks now. Given the last week when we reviewed Zack Snyder's Justice League, we had a lot to discuss. Plus, we had a guest on for that one, too, so we decided to push it back. And Swayze said the only movie of the list I was I gave him over the past, like, two months, this was the one he was definitely going to watch. So he wanted to come on for this. So he's got to get yes. tacked on with the good news as well. And it's there's one I'm not going to say what it is, but there is one particular piece of news that you couldn't have picked a better episode for me to be on. Well, I was about to build to that as well. That funny that you mentioned it because Swayze, <laughs> if you do not know, does a lot of art. He has been in graphic design. He's been we've gotten as we kind of hinted before we took that last break to go into this. He's been doing art for a long time. He's gotten very good recently over this quarantine and last little bit. Leaps and bounds to compared to what he had done in the past for us, as he would like to say, even though we oh, were yeah. still happy with it. But most of his art, though, Star Wars related, particularly, would we say the Clone Wars? I would say that I specialize in the Clone Wars. If we're talking about what I do, it it's what most of my commissions turn out to be. And if you were to say you had a favorite character from all of the Clone Wars. Just one of them. Who would probably be the most famous one that everyone oh, would know? Oh, it's, it's your boy, Obi-Wan. You know it. Obi-Wan yeah, hello there. Kenobi. I got a prop for this news topic. Yes, because the first news topic of the day. We knew already announced there's going to be a Disney Plus show coming out. I believe six episodes. So Ewan McGregor's coming back. Our boy, everyone's favorite, Anakin Hayden. Skywalker, Hayden Christensen. Little Italy, yes, Little Italy, serving up more slices, because that boy can act. Woo! Oh, yeah. He's coming back for Obi-Wan Kenobi. recipe. <laughs> you just leave him in a little longer, that's where the love comes from. Yeah, it's, you gotta cook it a little bit longer. <laughs> oh, man. So, yes, we got the entire cast now, not just those two beautiful people coming back. So, we got Ewan McGregor, as we mentioned, got Hayden Christensen. We have Moses Ingram, who you might know from The Queen's Gambit. Joel Edgerton, who... He's coming back. He's coming back. He was Uncle Owen. Way yes, back, I guess, in the... In 2005. And that was before he kind of hit it big with a lot of... Just a lot of his own star power. And his... He made it... He did um, The Gift, was it called? Yeah. He directed it, too? He did, yes. Yes, perfect. So we have Joel Edgerton back with that, and of course, Bright, for all you Netflix fans. I know that's the big one. And who else we got? Kumail Nanjiani? Who yep. I'm sure everyone uh, knows. There's the the actress from Game of Thrones, in Varma. Yes, who... She was also in Luther, I believe, right? She was his ex-wife. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's some speculation as to who she might be in the show. Maybe my favorite character from the Clone Wars. That's and your favorite character? Asajj Ventress? It is. Oh, that's who... Oh, oh yeah, I, I, I that. hate to break it to you, Ryan. Did they announce who she's going to be? No, but Asajj... I, I, did, do, I, I did read the book, so I do know, but I'm wondering okay. if there's a change. <laughs> well, okay, okay. We're gonna gonna say. we won't talk about it briefly, but anything that's in the book is what I like to call soft canon, because we have, if the, we have the Ahsoka book... Which came yeah, out, and it was retconned by the Clone Wars a little bit. It was completely retconned by by season seven. So, 
the book is like I feel like those are placeholders till we get TV movie canon. And I'm hoping that's what's happening here with Indira Varma for sure. And Kyle, do you want to announce another big name that we haven't said yet in this one? From one we're talking favorite- about Sung Kang, my boy, Han Siolo from the Fast and Furious franchise, nice. and uh, shit, Sam's favorite movie. He was the dad of slow mo. <laughs> what the dad of slow mo. Yeah, and we could be heroes. He was the fast, the speedster. Uh the speedster. I'm there confused. was this who small boy was, who. He was rewind. No, that was the time. That was the time. Di- the the son was slow mo because he uh-huh. like ran in slow motion, and then his. You're dad, not talking about the movie Zoom, are you? With Tim no, Allen? I'm not. I'm talking about our worst <laughs> reviewed movie. We can be heroes. <laughs> well, oh, I mean, I'm looking crazy. at the the cast sheet here. You're not talking about uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr., are you? No, uh, I'm talking about Sung Kang. Sung Kang, he was. He, he was, was blinding oh, fast. He was, yeah, he Why? was still building towards him. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I completely forgot he was in that movie, to be honest with you. I, I hope he did, too. He didn't leave a mark at all in that movie. Obviously, Disney didn't, or did forget, because <laughs> I don't yeah. know why he'd come back for this. Okay. I mean, I'm. S- s- oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'm just concerned. Kumel Nanjiani is just going to be a bit character because, like, yes, I know he's obviously one of the un- uh, main ensemble roles of Eternals, but he was just a bit piece in MIBI International. I would like, be surprised. Like, I'm the funny guy. Like, you know I'm- what? You know, it'd be great is if he played another Mithral, like in The Mandalorian. Yeah, so that should just be their. There should, should just be their constants throughout all these series. That would be cool. I was wondering if like most of these uh, actors are going to be in makeup. Like, I don't know what like, is everyone just going to be looking the way they do, all pretty and everything? Or are they going to slab some uh, prosthetics on them? I've heard some interesting rumors about Moses Ingram in particular because of something she uh, put on Instagram. I believe she said that her character plays with lightsabers, which. Which makes people think maybe she's going to finally play a live-action Inquisitor. Ah. Which, if that was the case, she she would do great as that. And I, I want to see an Inquisitor in live-action quite a bit. So Yeah, Seventh Sister would be dope. Yeah, or a completely new Inquisitor. That's true, yeah. I guess they kind of cycle through in all the media. I don't mm-hmm. understand how this show can have this many people. Like, Hayden isn't obvious, and if we're getting Asajj... That's cool. Also, one of my friends brought up the fact that there's a we have two characters in Star Wars, one named Asaz Ventress and one named Sav- Savage Opress. Like, what the fuck? They couldn't yeah. like I know who they are, but I'm hoping that this show isn't just guess who showed up on Tatooine this week. Like, I don't need the Smallville series, short mini series with Obi Wan. Well, because- it, don't they have this listed as like a special event? series yeah it's this mm-hmm. is it we're getting six and that's it and they so, better be a fucking hour long it honestly it it almost paints it like they've like, this is almost just like an extended movie in a sense yeah. right um, it's definitely yeah. more of the marvel method i think than the other television shows right like the time or the runtime for the mandalorian very dramatically that and well one of the big differences too is deborah chow is directing every episode of this That's show, good. right? So one, you have a unified vision. vision, which is really cool. But 
we are... I love Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan. I think he's the only good thing constant through the prequels. But as a huge fan of Clone Wars as well as Rebels, that character's arc was filled in in Clone Wars. I'm almost hoping we just get Obi-Wan chilling by a fire and everything is flashbacks and they're live action recreations of stuff that they didn't get to do during Clone Wars. Because all I want from this show, and this is a me moment, I just want Rosario Dawson, Hayden Christensen, and Ewan McGregor all together in live action. That's all I want. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. It doesn't even technically have to be Rosario because I know how the age thing works out because Rosario is I think in her mid 30s so obviously that doesn't work with the age of Ahsoka but I need Ahsoka in live action with Anakin and Obi-Wan and hell tomorrow Tiamoro Morrison put a helmet on him who fucking cares he can be Captain Rex like that's the part I want the circle filled in because my hesitation with getting excited about this there's a lot of questions we didn't even ask, nor do we need answered. This could potentially fall into that solo category of, I didn't need to know this. Like, okay, he was on Tatooine for 20 years, but actually he did these things. Like, the things they're going to show us had better be worth filling in a gap that isn't a gap people really care about, right? It's not a plot hole. He was just there. And that maybe he wasn't a little... The thing is, it depends what route they take, because in the old canon, he wasn't on Tatooine for all those 20 years. There were times where he he would leave Tatooine and he left Luke in the care of another Jedi named Ferris Holden, but that's a whole other story. But he would go on these adventures um, with usually Jedi survivors, you know, run into Boba Fett. So, like, there are routes they can take where he doesn't have to be tethered to Tatooine, so long as they execute it right. And I think they might, because... Um, because they said that there's going to be the, what they call the rematch of the century, which is supposed to be him versus Anakin again. And I don't know if that's going to be in a vision, if that's going to be off planet. But my point is, is if it's in person, it wouldn't make sense for it to be on Tatooine because then after the fact, Vader, why wouldn't Vader just be hunting for him on Tatooine in a new hope? So he very well might leave Tatooine. Yeah, that's true. It is interesting. It does bear the question. If we do get storytelling, Obi-Wan, are we kind of aging up Ewan McGregor to look a bit older? Are we CGIing an Alec Guinness? Are we deep faking that and going to screw up that? What do we do there? I hope they don't. Like that's that's the only thing I'm hesitant about the storytelling by the fire Obi Wan is. Yeah, he's got to be the older. Problem. The problem with Obi Wan right now. Is it's been? He's not old enough to be a young Ewan McGregor yet. <laughs> it's been sixteen. It's been sixteen years since Revenge of the Sith came out, and Ewan McGregor has aged like fine wine. He looks no, nothing. We, let's be more specific. He's aged like scotch. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um. So no. Um. Yeah. So he looks nothing like an old man. Like he's supposed to look like as Alec Guinness. But I really hope they don't go the deep fake route. I think. I hope they just just embrace that you have a different actor the audience will forgive you i promise um just throw in a, it, just throw in a few gray hairs like i don't I, think they're gonna jump yeah. it, th- i think this is gonna be one of the rare t- i mean it's rare and unrare the sequel trilogy or this like the sequel trilogy essentially went real time 
it doesn't technically all really work if you read again if you look at the books it makes it seem like ben solo should be like 40 because she's leia is pregnant really quickly but again yes i understand the movies like i mentioned earlier the movies take uh more of the concrete canon i think this they're gonna make this five years right because he's obviously like not as old as um oh my god sir alleginic what guinness was but also here's like we're not talking about this at all but amelia clark was the same age as og sarah connor in terminator 2 (laughs) <laughs> they do not look the same age at all. Well, that's that's the thing. It's just just right? accept. So make it that five you're going to use a different right? actor. Just po- like. I- well, they've announced that it's going to be ten. Did they say ten? Yeah, they've said ten. Ooh, that's too far. So it's it's ten years after. So I guess maybe there's he's potential to see a ten year old Luke too. Beard now, I don't know. I feel like I haven't seen. I haven't looked for a picture of him. But yeah, that five years would have made way more sense. I'll. I'll reenact a conversation that Kathleen Kennedy has had recently. She walks on over to the animation department. Hey, Chris Evans, I remember you put on some old makeup. Do you want to come do that for Obi-Wan? No, <laughs> Kathleen, I don't think I will. I don't and think it's not happening. <laughs> I, I don't think that's happening because if we're going to use, we're going to, oh, we've been on this for so long already, but using the budgetary standpoint that they've kind of given us already, they can't afford Weta to do that for six episodes, let's say six hours. When, for Luke, I, I'm i I'm using this based on what Corridor Crew have said. It, that was a deep fake. There's a reason it looks great in stills and terrible in motion, right? They're not spending Weta D... Like, I think they're just gonna... If anything, they'll paint his hair white... Because it'd be like he's Steve Martin. Who cares, right? But other than that, like I think it's Which exciting. Just get Steve Martin. Uh, yeah, I'd watch that for sure. Let's get the jerk in there. Uh, but like wrapping up, I think it's a it's a great cast. It's a multicultural cast, which Star Wars typically has not had. So that's good. But I'd be willing to bet there's still going to be no LGBTQ representation because we don't get that in Star Wars. Well, listen, I'm excited that uh, Benny Safdie's in there. That means we're getting an Uncut Gems episode. It's going to be great. Obi-Wan's going to be selling Furbies on necklaces. No, it's going to be uh, Adam Sandler in Watto makeup. Yes, oh, there, there we go. go. Now we're talking. No Actually, credits. it's funny you should say that. It's funny you should you say that. Watto right in front? I have a, I have a Watto. An unopened There we go. Unopened. It it's a big fucking... He's, he's colored, too. He's not like black yeah, and white. He's coming in color on that camera. He's the colored yeah. Watto. No credits. Only money. <laughs> now the big question that I think everyone was thinking about when we the show got announced and it was not on the casting list, James Earl Jones. What's it? He's got a cameo. You'd think he'd do the voice for Vader. Like are they only flashbacks with Hayden? Like uh, no, is this what's is this think, hinting more at? I think he's being phased out because he was not He's in Rebels. Old. And that, or not Rebels, sorry. He was in Rebels. He was not in Fallen Order. And he's not in Fallen Order a lot. Right? No. I think they're going to transition into sound-alikes. I would be lying if I'm not disappointed. 
But James Earl Jones has given us so much already. I almost wish he was like, you have everything, right? And they just started cutting stuff together. Yeah. Or you get a great sound alike. Because it. I think, Ryan, you played it. And I don't know, Swayze, if you did. I didn't really care. It sounded close enough, right? Like, eventually, it's going to be someone else because no one can live forever. Well, the problem with Vader soundalikes is, is sometimes, <laughs> sometimes they're really good. Then sometimes they're just fucking atrocious. Well, Star Wars typically doesn't get really bad ones, right? If we're using the cartoons as an example, the actor they got to play Alec Guinness's Obi Wan was Stephen Stanton. Yes, I have his autograph. He was perfect, right? He like, was. He was absolutely. He, he also played uh, Colonel Nieber Gascon uh. in the Clone Wars. <laughs> was he not also um, Moff oh. Tarkin? He is. He's Tarkin. Yeah, he's Tarkin. Yeah. Right. He's also the the temple guards. He's great. He's he's lovely. I harass him on Twitter all the time. Nice. I can't believe you cursed this podcast with Gascon already. With Meaver Gascon, uh, I want him to cameo in Kenobi. Yeah, I know you do. <laughs> I want a, I, I want a young. Oh crap! What's his name? Uh, he's Zeb's boyfriend from Rebels. Uh, Callus. I want a young Callus, a beardless Callus. There we go. Yeah, no, I like Agent Callus. Actually, I, do you think we'll get yeah. a surprise, Jason? I we're sorry, we're gonna. We've been doing this for twenty five <laughs> minutes. If Jason Isaac shows up as the Grand Inquisitor, I will be, be very happy. Yeah. yeah. All right, so we'll put it to bed. We've done a lot of musings, a lot of talk on this one. Just say in or out on the cast. Sam, starting with you. I'm in. Kyle. I'm like seventy five percent. Okay. I'm I'm really hesitant because they've burned us on prequel stuff before, right? Like if this was just David Fil- Dave Filoni was like, I'm gonna make a six episode cartoon, and I'm just I'm getting um, Ewan McGregor instead of James Arnold Taylor. I've been like, all right, fine. Okay, Kyle, but- listen to me. What? You are like a hundred percent in on Powerpuff Girls show, but you're not going to be a hundred percent on <laughs> here's Star the Wars. Okay, that's a great segue because we can. Well, let's talk about that next. I don't think that's going to be good though. Like Star Wars has burned us before. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Swayze, so, I'm in. I'm one hundred percent in. I am actually very, very pleased with this cast. So. And listen, I, as soon as they as soon as they said Hayden Christensen's going to be back, I was like, oh, mama mia, this is better than I this is better than I thought. Mama mia. The same point I was about to make 110 percent in Hayden Christensen on anything. Oh, yeah. Chef's oh, kiss, yeah. I'm in there. Do, okay, <laughs> Give me more crazy idea. What if we get a flashback where would they use Liam Neeson's son who was in made in Italy to be a young Qui-Gon Jinn? Like, like recruiting Obi-Wan. Would you even need that, though? Liam Neeson can look a lot younger than he did in The Phantom Menace. Did you see the Taken 3? He can barely walk up a set of stairs. (laughs) It would take 17 cuts to show him kneeling down towards Obi-Wan as a child. If you have them cooking some space pizza, now you got my attention. You mix the sauce with the dough. (laughs) Oh, man. Did you guys That's see not that oregano? Oh, yeah, we did. <laughs> That's not oregano, Papa. Opening night, Little Italy. Us and six grandmas. <laughs> All right. Speaking of, I I, I lost it. Powerpuff oh, Girls. Powerpuff we've got Girls. More, we've got yes. a cast member. Kyle was added. super on board when it came to the girls being cast, <laughs> but we also 
over the last week learned who our Professor Utonium's gonna be. And that's in little known, little known name, Donald Faison. Who, Turk. Yes, we n- will know from Scrubs. And, and the creator of that one dance in Fortnite. Oh, was really? It really? The orange, was he the Orange Justice? Um, I don't know the I name. Don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't do Fortnite, he so. Did, it's the one where it's like the legs twist side to side and he does the, I don't know. I'll put it in the in our chat and you guys will see it. Interesting. That's, yeah. Well, that's big information right there. All the kids now recognize who this guy is. <laughs> Once you drop some Fortnite knowledge on here, so there we go. Oh, let's, we lost all the kids when we were making Little Italy references. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. And we do know. I believe he was in Kickass too, as well, right? He was one of the. Yes, he was. The, there we go. The, oh, not even going to try to remember what his character's name was, but he was in there too. So he's com- pretty much known as comedic relief. I would say is fair to describe his career. If you think he's funny, sure. <laughs> well, how do we feel about Professor Utonium? Donald Faison. Uh, Sam? I mean, it's been a while since I've seen Scrubs. That was like years ago. Uh, but I do remember him being ultra charismatic. I mean, I can't say I'm a huge follower of his. So to see him pop up in this, I'm kind of wondering like, oh, okay, like I guess what? They, they go down the list and scratched off so many names like finally landed on him i don't know what the deal is but i'm like i'm happy can for we him get for this show yeah. oh we're all the way down to number 100 but um yeah whatever you know i'm happy for the guy he's got a big part here um it's i'm really confused as to what the tone of the show is going to be like are they going for like the cartoon just kind of fast-paced and snappy and action-packed or is this just no it's you guys are, you guys are shaking depressing. your head yeah, and you I'm, know who you think of well, then that what? Donald Faison. Yeah. Like, well, that's, that's what I mean. Like, what, what are we going for here? I don't know. It's Riverdale 2.0. Oh, no. Yeah. I can guarantee if, that's the tone. If, But here's the thing, like... I hope so. If we're using Riverdale as the template, which of course we are, because it's stellar first season, they hired a lot of actors from stuff who needed another chance. Nobody should have given this Donald Faison his first chance. Right, like what? What? Why do you hate this guy? <laughs> Scrubs sucks. Are we serious right now? Scrubs is a terrible show. It was, you know, kind of a mid-range bad. Sure, chuckler. I've yeah, never Scrubs. watched Scrubs, but I know a lot of people who would very much like to punch you in the face. They love Scrubs so much <laughs> right now. That's fine. It's but you you brought in people who kind of had been around and done other things. Like you brought in Scoop McNary, who was not Scoop McNary. Um, Skeets Aldrin. What, I, I get my people confused. Yeah, yeah you got Skeet. Right, yeah, right. You brought in Skeet, who was like in horror movies, and I was like, that. You look at like a casting list for that, and you're like, we need somebody who's kind of like this broken older person who was like had a heyday, and they're Skeet's like that makes sense to me. We need what is likely a depressed middle aged man, right? Who's past his heyday, his family's heyday. Gun to my head, I would not have come up with this guy. So I'm hoping he had this banging audition where they could not believe the range this guy has had. But if he's had this the whole time, where the fuck has it been? That's what I don't understand. Like, even weird castings, you can you go, all right, I guess. None of this makes any sense. He, and he, this pilot yeah. is just getting worse by the casting. <laughs> We're not talking about Mojo Jojo Jr. 
But again, so you cast this like 28 year old skinny dude. I guess he's likely going to be in like Planet of the Apes prosthetics from Tim Burton's era because that's all the CW can afford. Like, I. I, 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 I the problem is he was on a famous sitcom, and those actors tend to get pigeonholed very fast and and for them to branch out it's not that common so i imagine he probably hasn't been given too many chances to to show his range so we'll see what he does but i mean i can't, i'm i'm half in half out like i i don't really like it doesn't bother me either way but the show bothers am me. i am i allowed to swear on the podcast yeah yeah, yeah. go ahead i figured as much i'm gonna be real with you all i don't i don't know or give a dusty fuck about Whoa, what girls. The? um uh they uh i didn't even know this was a thing until ryan sent it to me and i looked up donald phase and i thought okay he looks kind of cool i guess he could be that character is he like a villain is he a protagonist no, he's the dad who had no children or a wife which is also the guy in, who accidentally makes the powerpuff girls yeah, yeah that's yeah. him with sugar and spice i'm looking at pictures nice. of him now i could i could see him in a lab coat I mean, credit to the show, they've added more diversity, so, like, you can't knock them for that, right? Because this, this cast easily just could have been white people everywhere and then villains in weird costumes who were just, like, edgy people. Like, we know um, him is just going to be this likely... I mean, I don't even know. It's going to be a person in, like, a popped-up pink leather jacket. Like, Well, they're going to... Okay, so he's going to be, like, a father figure right Mm -hmm. so they probably want someone who's instantly like fatherly fatherly and likable older though than the cast we act he he invents them right like they there's no yeah they were maybe they're like like clone troopers where they have growth acceleration (laughs) don't make me try to make sense of this show doesn't uh, nothing makes sense i'm enjoying this thoroughly (laughs) so at some point did they develop noses like all i i want flashbacks of them as children where they've like had to prosthetic out the noses of the children can i can i propose something as someone who doesn't know anything about the powerpuff girls why don't they just roger rabbit them into the show Ah, like, that's interesting see i like that cartoons there's not enough roger rabbit by the cast well there's space jam 2 well, okay. Well, let's. Eh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, once we start talking about him, though, I'm thinking Chris Rock can pull off a him, and that's something I want to see. Ooh. I don't think him is going to be a him. No, I, I think it's good. I think it's going to be a her. It better be, but yeah. still, I think you got to go something weird, like something left field with this. If you're going Donald Face on as Professor Utonium, you're already batting left field. You got to swing that way the whole time. Yeah. I don't have any real attachment to him as an actor. I've only known him from Scrubs, a show that I've never watched. Whenever he shows up other places, I'm just like, oh, it's that guy. I've never learned his name before this new segment, but yeah, I know him. And I thought you were talking about Chris Rock still. <laughs> <laughs> He's Osmosis Jones. <laughs> That's true, Scrubs. yeah. But yeah, so Donald Faison, I'll give him a chance because I'll give the show its due chance. For some reason, I don't understand this why CW, I'm going to do right? it. But, pardon me? 
This is the CW, It is right? the CW, yes. Why do you keep giving the CW shows a chance? Do you it's hate just, yourself that much? I still describe it because as I was talking, I don't know if it was, it made the episode last week or not. I forgot if I cut it out, but I still watch Riverdale. I'm still up to date week to week because it's kind of just like liquid garbage that if I remove <laughs> the top of my skull, it pours in really easily around my brain juices and it just, it soaks in there. And that's just the CW in a nutshell. So I'll I give don't it a think shot. That's fair to the other shows. Like there are certain lows I would tend to agree with, but there's definitely a hierarchy of shows on that channel. There is, but we're talking the Riverdale's season sevens and like <laughs> how these shows keep going for this long, just because they have a certain shirtless quota each episode and everything along those lines. I have a feeling. This will fit into that where the Powerpuff Girls are. I'm just going to throw out that they're probably going to be sexualized in some way, given the actresses that they they have hired here. We're going to get a lot of singing, a lot of cover songs and dance numbers as well. It's going to happen. This is going to be another Riverdale, isn't it? I cannot I, wait yeah. for a slow jam version of the theme song. Like, Ryan, we can probably get out of this soon, but... You need to watch the trailer for this show because. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say there is one already. I'm gonna no, like, no, 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 what? no. There, no, there's not. But when there is, I need you to break that rule just to watch this and what we have signed up for for this pilot. It'll be that'll be such a weird one. I might have to do it just to give me a reason not to watch the pilot when it comes <laughs> up. Oh, man. We should do a live commentary track for that pilot. Oof. Not live, but a recording episode of it. Wouldn't that be something? Well, yes, we can put a put a pin in it for now. It seems like we're a little bit split on this one. We're not quite sure. There's a bit more favor to yes, a bit more favor to no on this casting news. But another casting news that we got thrown out here coming in the movie verse of DC. The Rock is rock bottoming us black adam whether we like it or not the people's elbow will be delivered on this one and as we know the jsa are showing up as well in this and with that dr fate and with dr fate we have now know who is cast as dr fate and that is pierce brosnan so he passed on professor utonium and now he's dr fate I, I swear, if they did a movie versus Powerpuff Girls, he would be cast as Professor Utonia. There we go. No, it would be Patrick Dempsey. That's true. All right. Professor so, McDermott, absolutely. I'm, I, I have two things to say. One, I'm sad you didn't say The Rock is cooping, cooking up a movie. And can we smell what The Rock <laughs> is cooking? Because that was the segue I was hoping for. Oh, but man. it's done. I think this is great. I think... Looking at Pierce Brosnan and the weird-ass goatee he's grown over the past couple years, he looks like Dr. Fate. That's fine. Sure. What I'm most curious about, though, is I think objectively we can all agree he's a, he's a good-looking man. You cast him... He's a handsome to, gentleman. He's a handsome gentleman. You cast him to wear a giant gold bell on his head? If he's Dr. Fate, you don't see him! That's the whole thing of Dr. Fate. He's made the agreement to never take the helmet off. Well, I, the, I think the key here is that... Oh, is that, what, is that true? That he's ne he never takes yes. the helmet yeah. off? 
yes. oh come on what's with these characters that do the helmet thing like i was gonna say he'll, he'll probably take it off for dialogue scenes and it goes on for the action scenes then it's cg version you know what i mean i think it's I, fair to assume he's not going to be in the movie a whole lot like think he'll be in a few scenes. like kent nelson has given it up and then he puts it on for like the final fight scene or something I could see the JSA being active. I just think if they show up, it's going to be like little chunks here and there. We're not going to get a whole lot of them. So if he's just doing the voice, he's probably got like three days of work. And that's all we're going to do. You think he's Matt Bomering this situation? Yeah. I honestly think that's what he's signed up for is just a voice role that's going to take a few a few days of his time. And then he can go back and finish Eurovision 2. We'll all be happy. More ya ya ding dong. That's all I want. I think you're. I know you got confused. It's Mama Mia me three. Here we go again. There we again. go. He does that too. Yeah. Again. Now again. we're talking. Uh, I love. I love Pierce Brosnan. Before, like before Daniel Craig, he was like my Bond, right? Like that. That's those are the ones that I grew up on. You know. Um, so Any, anyone who owned an N sixty four recognizes that golden eye. Hell yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, whatever he pops up in, I'm I'm excited for it. Uh, I don't know anything about the character, but I would have would have imagined that they were going to utilize uh, his handsome mug. But I guess if they're going to pop a helmet on him, then I don't know what's going on anymore. For for movie's sake, Sam, he's DC's DC Universe's Doctor Strange, who just so there's like a mystic force trapped mm-hmm. in this gold helmet i can't remember the name of it off the top of my head and it's driving me nuts but kent nelson who i'd be shocked if they're using a different dr fate has puts it on and it gets then the wearer has the abilities of fate which is like one of the mystical forces of the universe and it's given physical form but in there's been times where he's taken it off like when he retired i think there was one instance i think it was earlier he was able to take it off and quote unquote retired but then there's been periods throughout the comics where he's just had it on Hmm. and he's not been able to take it off interesting so if they change this rule would that would there be an outcry like would the fans go nuts i think so yes well the reason the helmet doesn't come off it's naboo i had to look it up it's so the spirit of naboo has someone to talk to Otherwise, it's like a genie in a bottle. I see. You got to rub it the right way. Of course. (laughs) Well, what do we think? Uh, Sam seems like he's in. Kyle? Yes. I'm good. He's like, even as a voice, it's fine. I think I'm in. I'm also in. I like Pierce Brosnan. He's a cool guy. But though, is he going to use his (laughs) Irish like natural accent or is he going yeah, English I'm, or you is know, he going American I'm pro natural accent you know like forcing everyone to do American accents for no reason just do the Irish accent who cares like it, it sounds the same yeah it, it literally takes away nothing from the character to just say he's from somewhere else and discovered the helmet on right. an archaeological dig or something we say yeah. that but then they forced Benedict Cumberbatch to sound like Hans Gruber's American accent from Die Hard in his entire run in the MCU. Like, that's something I'll never understand. Why couldn't Doctor Strange be British? It, doctors work in different countries all the time. I'm surprised he wasn't, to be honest. But Yeah, so am I, actually. Who knows? Well, 
as we mentioned, we got Pierce Brosnan, Aldous Hodge. We've talked about a bunch of times as being Hawkman. We know Adam Dude Smasher. Dude is getting ripped yeah. if you follow his Instagram. Yeah. Uh, Adam Smasher showing up, Cyclones <laughs> going. So they're slowly piecing together their JSA that's going to show up in this Black Adam movie by The Rock. Who's doing this movie for the millions? So, somebody could have jumped in and said, "Yeah, I like there." Somebody could have fed some rock quotes there with me. <laughs> As we transition to this next trailer, which has been watched by millions, still left hanging. Nobody's jumping on board. God damn it! And millions I'm not of people. really a wrestling fan. Sorry, Ryan. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't know anything about wrestling. <laughs> The Suicide Squad trailer that was released. So James Gunn and his brief departure from Marvel and his, Guardians of the Galaxy. eight month separation. Yes. Was snatched up quite quickly by Warner Brothers to direct anything he wanted. And he wanted the Suicide Squad. And this one, probably not in continuity with the first David Ayer one. It might be. Who knows what they're doing. They seem to flip-flop given who's in charge over there we will talk more about that briefly i think but before we get there james gunn directing this one margot robbie's back as harley quinn we got idris elba we got will some... smith is not back will smith is not back we have a floating gold helmet just kind of a platinum helmet i i'm not sure who that actor is i can't see him joel kinnaman is back we got sylvester stallone viola davis it's back silver it's silver it's and silver. Sam's all-time favorite actor, the Australian beauty, who's looking a boomerang right behind him on his poster in the wall. Jai Courtney is back. Captain Boomerang. What are uh, we thinking? You forgot David Del Smolchin as Polka Dot Man. We can go to Smolchin. We can go Capaldi. Sean Gunn's in. There's, the cast is huge for this one. Sylvester Stallone, voice of King Shark. And you guys got to see now as we know on this podcast i am anti-trailer so i have no idea what any of this that you guys got to see was so we're throwing it to sam sam what did you like or dislike how are you feeling about this property um this in general i think is interesting when you think about just the sliding doors the alternate universe of this all where like if disney hadn't fired james gunn would we have gotten this movie at all like they they clearly wanted to capitalize on the James Gunn of it all, and I think this Suicide Squad trailer really shows that this is a James Gunn movie for sure. We got like the the I, what was the song like I can't remember, but anyway, it it you know similar to Guardians of the Galaxy. There's it's the trailer plays to um, Dirty Work, Dirty Work. Okay, so it plays to a specific Dan. song, yeah. And uh, yeah, it has the banter. It has the kind of the goofiness. Um, it has the action. I have a feeling that the movie's going to be a lot more violent than we're going to expect. Um, so yeah, the like, tagline is literally "Don't get attached." So people are going to die. Dear Lord. Well, um, yeah, it seems like maybe DC just gave James Gunn carte blanche, whatever that saying is, and he's gonna he probably give us the most distilled james gunn movie uh he ever has so i mean i didn't like the the original suicide squad let's see if this can uh bring me back 
Kyle? Um, I thought it was great. Um, I'm looking forward to more Suicide Squad. I don't really have a ton to say based on the actual trailer. I think it looks like a lot of fun. Um, there's a lot of great characters in this. There's a lot of complete Zed listers that I think it'll be interesting to see who gets killed. Um, and we got motherfucking Starro in the trailer, a giant fucking starfish baby, Justice yes. League villain number numero uno. I think it's. I have mixed feelings because David Ayer probably wanted to make an R-rated Suicide Squad, didn't get to. This movie was in pre-production hell before James Gunn came on board. I don't know if you guys remember. I think we might have talked about it on Galaxy Quest Phase One that they were courting Mel Gibson to be the director way back then. And then there was... I was just looking at it because I think this movie... Gavin O'Connor was involved, and I remember being really excited about that. And originally Black Adam... Like, it... The situation at DC Comics slash Warner Brothers Films is giving me a headache. But overall, I think... I don't think it was a wise idea to set this to a trailer because I think this is going to be... Yes, obviously it's an ensemble, but I don't think this is remotely going to be like at all like Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't think this is going to be a jukebox movie. I don't want it to be. For James Gunn's sake... I don't think it's a good idea for him to be the jukebox superhero ensemble movie guy because quite frankly that bit for me is already getting old guardians 2 is a bad movie whoa it, whoa whoa it completely retreads the story of the first one the character growth that you got from the characters in guardians 1 apparently evaporated in the four months that the care in story that we hadn't seen the characters so we'll never know what nicole perlman contributed to that script we know that Gunn wrote two on his own, and we know he likely wrote most of this. But again, we don't know what the other... Zach Penn wrote a script, so we don't know exactly what is his. So this is a Guardians 1 situation again, where it's like, everyone is saying he's this visionary. He's made one good movie, in my opinion, and that's the first Guardians. So I hope that this is a great, fun film, and I, I'm really looking forward to all the people blowing up and being ripped to shreds and squad members dying we didn't see coming because if you're a big comic book fan i don't think anybody was really surprised about who was killed in the first one and we haven't really even seen the the true version of the first one release the air cut but i quite frankly liked the second trailer we got today that was technically green band than the trailer they released earlier this week so i hope this is a big entertaining ridiculously bloody r-rated action movie like a good expendables but the fact that james gunn is attached doesn't automatically mean they're getting my money but i have hbo max so they don't get to swayze do they have your attention yeah no i think i think it's definitely an improvement on the first one um, based off the trailer alone, I, I, I'm going to go on record and say I despised the first Suicide Squad with burning passion, um, so much so that I lost my mind when it won an Oscar. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but that's they were making for up for day. Mark Rylance. Star Trek Beyond should have won still. But um, anyways, uh, yeah, no, I think I was sold on this movie based off of one aspect 
alone before I saw the rest, and that was King Shark. Now, the fact that Starro is in it, that's like icing on the cake. I've wanted to see a live-action Starro ever since um, the Robot Chicken DC special, which I don't know if any of you have seen. It is quite funny. Um, but I've wanted to see Starro ever since that. Um, but yeah, no, I don't have a problem with the cast. Uh, trailer seemed fine to me. Other than that, I, I don't really have much to say. I'm going to go see it. Um, if, if for nothing for King Shark and Starro. Um, so can I quickly add that yeah. with James Gunn coming on board, that means he's bringing along his pal, Michael Rooker, right? Yeah. You don't like Michael Rooker, Kyle. He's great in Guardians 2. But again, that character arc doesn't track from the first movie. Like, I... I Okay, it's. I I, I kind of wish we could move into. I think we're talking I, I, about I, not not a character arc, but let's talk about him as a performer. He's a charismatic performer. Like he. That's gonna like I don't know. Like there's too many characters in this. Like people, Swayze, I, I'm sure would agree with me. Like Suicide Squad's got a ton of problems. You introduce Slipknot and he just dies. This movie's going to have that in droves. You oh, can't yeah. have you know, it on. You know who should cast. die first. Jai Courtney's big head. <laughs> That's not happening, though. Why I, not? If that happens, happens in the first act, I would genuinely be surprised. If All it happens, people, I'll draw it. It's going to... I, Boomerang I, to the balls. Honestly, I think it'll be Michael Rooker. I think it'll be Weasel. Like, it's all... Uh, what's the dude oh, from I SNL? Oh, I hope Weasel lasts Pete Davidson. The like, they're Javelin. Javelin dies because we see Harley Quinn with his Javelin. His name isn't a weapon that he no longer has or is present in this trailer. Like, I'm... I hope this movie's awesome. There's... Outside of Starro, and I love Idris Elba, so I think it's awesome that he's Bloodsport. Although, in my head, Bloodsport's always been, like, more of a... Um... Oh, what, like a, a melee weapon guy as opposed to guns because I grew up with the Batman Beyond era where he was like a tribesman and he had like a spear but I uh, I, I kind of wanted him to be Bronze Tiger but again it's not because they didn't give me what I want I just don't think outside of Starro I can't really even Well, we have to wait till we get to the next news thing because it for me both these things are really interconnected well one of the like I think key pieces and she's been obviously the most solid thing about these suicide squad movies is Margot Robbie, who has clung on to this Harley Quinn character. And I, I think has done a really great job. She's just been an anchor for this whole franchise. Totally agree. And it's almost like an audience can track the same actor playing the same role in multiple different movies that seemingly are completely unconnected. Which no. might have to do with our next news topic. It's hard to say. A lot of people get confused about it, apparently, if you are to be believing the people in charge of making these things. But we'll find out how it turns out in The Suicide Squad, which currently we're getting August 6th of this year on HBO Max. Whether that changes or not, who knows? It seems like the most recent couple weeks, show movies are getting bounced around by a week or two weeks, so... Who knows what's happened in that? And we didn't even touch on that the actor we cannot see that's in this is also getting a spin-off series because of all the characters, that's the one. 
that's also getting an HBO spin-off series, and that's coming in January of next year. So what's a lot the, of what's sorry, the series? What's the series? Peacemaker. 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 A lot of weird decisions are being made. It seems like over at the DC headquarters, they're greenlighting these movies. We're getting some sort of delays. We're getting some sort of cancellations. As we found out today, we got a couple more cancellations. The Ava DuVernay New Gods movie that she's apparently been developing for probably the last year since it's been announced has now been given the axe. It's no no more. And on top of that, James Wan's spin-off of Aquaman that was supposed to be horror kind of reflective of the trench scene that lasted all of five, ten minutes in the movie of just those creepy crawlers jumping out the boat and attacking Aquaman and Mira is no more as well. Do we feel the loss of this? Sam, do you care? Do New Gods or The Trench ring any anything for you? Well, uh, I had no idea about New Gods, or at least I didn't remember New Gods, so clearly that one doesn't affect me. I do remember them announcing The Trench side quill or whatever that was going to be spinoff um and was like oh really okay cool like we're gonna have a movie about the trench awesome that was a, a cool part of aquaman but i don't see a movie there but okay okay um and clearly it's like these movies have just been on the back burner for everybody so much so that i guess they don't see it as a viable option anymore or at least that's not maybe the the direction that their vision is going so um yeah i mean sad to see some some of these projects go but there must be something better down the pipe i don't know kyle you've been carrying this around all day i have a feeling would you like to vent a little bit all right so i don't give a shit about the trench uh it was a stupid announcement it's a trench man there's a trench whoa what if there was a trench so this is fucking baffling to me. So we talked about it, like I mentioned it briefly. So we've had Harley Quinn in three fucking movies, and are they really connected? No, they're not at all. Because the Suicide Squad trailer we got, our Suicide Squad movie we got, complete mess. Obviously, Harley Quinn, one of the bright spots, and I would tend to say that there are some other ones, but we don't have to get into it, right? Birds of Prey doesn't really touch that movie at all it just says like there was a joker you know what audience kids audiences cared they're like oh there's harley quinn great we can move on with fucking harley quinn now we have a suicide squad movie which isn't technically even a sequel to suicide squad minus the the people don't give a fuck so their complaint that you can't make a dark side movie because he was just in this movie behind me Zack snyder's justice league that's the dumbest fucking thing i've ever heard you know what one of the best additions to Zack snyder's justice league was that you cut out of it the first time fucking dark side and what would have been a movie if you're trying to compete with marvel you know what the best way to compete with marvel is don't make things that marvel's making the eternals is not the new gods You've established that you have no idea what you are doing. You attached one of the most influential directors working right now to a project that nobody really is aware of outside of comic books. But you know what they're aware of now? They're aware of Darkseid and Apocalypse because you decided to show them in Zack Snyder's Justice League. You put Tom King on it, who is a controversial writer. However, I don't think you could objectively say he is a bad writer. He may tell stories people don't like. 
but that's a subjective thing. They've been developing this movie for three years that was going to completely blow out this universe. And I understand, okay, maybe you consider Justice League to be canon, but that doesn't mean Darkseid doesn't exist. So what should you do? Let's completely cut out the legs of anything we had hyped for and cancel a movie directed by Ava, co-written by Ava DuVernay. It makes no sense. I don't get it. They say they're exploring the multiverse. Anna and Walter and Toby can go fuck themselves because every creative they decision they have made has ruined their slate. You look at the lineup of directors that they had attached to The Flash, each of them could have made a great movie. Look what Rick Famuyu was doing over at Disney, the competing studio. He's kicking ass with The Mandalorian, and I think every one of us would say we would want to see him direct a big blockbuster. But he's not going to work for you anymore. You could have had an incredible heist action movie, which is what Ava was talking about, which was going to be an introduction of Mr. Miracle and Big Barda, and you would have had the new gods from Genesis and Apocalypse. You could have had this biblical level story that is unlike anything Marvel can do because the Eternals will have something to do with the Genesis of the... Fuck. The Super Galactus is one of them. I can't remember what the hell they're... Celestials. Right? But that has no real connection to anything we have on Earth. So we're getting another fish out of water story. Good job, Marvel. But you are completely counterintuitive to yourself. You can't claim you're doing something. They're the worst politicians of any studio I think I've ever seen. It's so confusing. Well, I mean, they're they're remaining consistent, I feel like. They're, they've dropped the ball with, with numerous projects, haven't they? Like, they, 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 they tend to not have a firm grasp on what the audience wants and what they as a studio want they're they're always playing catch-up it seems it does feel like there's hesitation because we're getting a lot of let's make joker let's make the batman let's make these singular stories and we'll just make them artsy and we'll go for the awards and we'll just we'll be known that way but oh people still like the continuity and the things that connect and they seem to be successful over here. Maybe we'll still stumble our way through that too because we can't let that go either. It just seems like nobody has an idea of what to do if they want to connect them, if they don't want to connect them. Nobody's putting their foot down and being like, this is the direction we're going. This is what we're doing from now on. It just kind of seems like, let's be transparent. What's going to make us money? That's all we yeah. care about. Let's just go for the money. And it's Yeah, because Shazam brought in a billion dollars. <laughs> it's Joker did. That was an accident. <laughs> <laughs> That's my point. Like, Joker is a fine movie. It is essentially a cheap Martin Scorsese film that just happens to have an, an Academy Award winning performance. Like, you had a plan. But some, some Toby Emmerich was like, oh, Zack Snyder's got a bigger dick than me. So we've got to fire him from all these movies. They're like, the plan that they had. Yeah, I, I mean... I don't, I don't understand. I definitely uh, agree with what's been said, that it seems like their decision-making is completely 
business and, and money based and it's not led by the creative ideas like you know for example like where marvel is trying to achieve something with their phases and build to something um and they found success doing that i, I guess just dc can't replicate that and have now just gone into all right what does the audience want what's going to make us money well swayze i know you are quite a fan of joker i love joker i quote it all the time i don't know if that's um, a good thing swayze it's not <laughs> <laughs> it's um i don't know it's it's a messy situation i'm gonna be completely real this wasn't on the the, the notes that ryan gave me this one um, just came out like an hour before we were gonna record so I, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't know either of these movies were in production. Um, I, the trench sounds kind of fucking stupid. Just, um, so what good if there was a chief. trench, Swayze? <laughs> I've seen 1917. Different There's enough trenches Different in trench, that. Swayze. Yeah. Different trench? Is it like the Marianas Trench? Because that shit's scary. It is. It is that's like where it takes trench. place. Yeah. I've seen The Abyss. Okay. Um, yeah. um, the that's other movie... I it sounded it sounded like it had potential and it's a shame that these that a lot of these movies are getting greenlit and they just don't follow through. I don't know how that's even possible like at this at from companies like this. They should be able like if it was a smaller company, production company, I would understand if there's a few flukes, but what is this Warner Brothers and DC? Yeah. And They're massive massive companies. They shouldn't be committing to these projects unless they intend to follow through. That's that just shows for me a certain level of unprofessionalism. Well, they're they're going at the school of Kathleen Kennedy over creative differences, which is annoying because they shouldn't be comparing themselves to Marvel um, at every so step of the way. They shouldn't be Marvel though. Like we're That's all thing, diehard is- comic book fans. If we, I mean, I probably am in the minority in this. I quite frankly don't want. A Batman movie, a super... Like, if we had two studios doing the exact same things the whole time, that's when you reach... Oh, uh, what's the word? I can't even think of it. Um, like, when you are... Like, there's too much of the same thing. What's that word? Over, uh, oversaturation. Oversaturated, thank you. Like, why things like... I think we've all probably enjoyed it. The Boys is so good. Is it's not Endgame. Or, mm-hmm. or Suicide Squad. Like there is so much that these things can do that, love it or hate it, at the very least they had counter programming to what Marvel was doing. Oh yeah. But now they yeah. have no programming because we have one movie. Or sorry, we have two Shazam movies. If we want to throw Black Adam under that umbrella, which we don't even know if they're fucking gonna be connected. That's like, we're going to make a Lex Luthor movie. We don't know if he's going to show up in Superman. Like, it's... Somebody is just hitting their head against a wall and then making a decision. And then we get Flash, which Michael Keaton doesn't actually know if he's actually involved. Yet you announced he was. Like, they have no idea what they're doing. I have a clue. It feels like it feels like a lot of lost potential. Is this our last news? Topic, Get it together, Ryan? DC. No, we have one more. DC and Warner okay. Brothers apparently said the two films do not fit in the next years of superhero entries and preferred to leave, not leave the production teams in limbo. So it sounds like they really lost faith in where these things were going, which is unfortunate. I mean, 
having Ava DuVernay attached to anything at this point in time sounds like a golden idea. That's a golden ticket. Why not pursue that? On top of that, the actual property she was attached to is a very rich background. Even if you want to watch like the Justice League animated show just to see a couple episodes of how great this story can be and all these characters that have nothing to actually do with Earth or anything that's happening there. They have their own awesome stories of kind of Shakespearean origins with different families and whatnot raging over these lands. Like, it's awesome grounds that they're dropping the ball on that I think a lot of comic book fans were excited about that they were actually going to take a chance and do this out of left field compared to just the big names that they got for the Justice League. So that was cool. Imagining there's a trench to make a movie about, I don't know. I'm start. I'm picturing, and this is only because I watched X Files for the first time recently. There's a lot of episodes about them being trapped on a boat and having to kind of survive against a mutiny. I'm picturing a, just a large ship, kind of stalling over the Marianas Trench, and these creatures are trying to kill someone. And it's kind of horror movie that way. I'm trying to picture how this movie could have worked. I'm trying to picture how James Wan could have factored into this. The idea when they said it, I was like, really? Out of Aquaman, this is the one thing you're taking away that you want to make a movie about? Okay, I'll watch your movie, but I'm not excited about it. So hearing it's canceled, I'm not let down at all. But the fact that they're canceling multiple things at the same time is what worries me. Whereas if it was just the trench, we felt like the idea wasn't there, I'd be like, good, the idea wasn't there. I believe that was just a conversation that James Wan was like, oh, I liked doing that one scene. Like, oh, we should do more. They're like, you're James Wan. You can make any movie you want here. Is that what you want? Like, they were just throwing him a golden ticket that way. So, yeah, it's it's so upsetting the further it goes down because it feels like they're not fully committing to any direction for us. I just want them to say, we're just going to make one-off movies or we're just going to make, like, a couple pocket universes of just stories and these are where they are like just commit to something what i don't understand is you have someone like matt reeves you that's a great example you could have a batman verse and it wouldn't be hard like remember when they announced nightwing with uh, the lego movie guy like seven years ago yeah like you could have a batman you, you bat like make batman your iron man of your batman verse introduce Robin, have him like you could. I mean, it only would have really. You need somebody older. It doesn't work with Robert Pattinson. But like a dream that I had was is if you had Ben Affleck, still you could have had. You have all this history. Maybe he's been estranged from. I mean, it technically hasn't been confirmed. It hasn't in canon been said it was Dick Grayson. Zach has said it was Dick Grayson, but whatever. You could have said, well, he has a tim drake that he's not talking to right and we know barbara was involved like there's you could have hell you could have a red hood movie like you could have built out an entire batman universe that has nothing to do with the other stuff and you don't have to worry about crazy like well why isn't this person helping this other world ending event because none of them have to be world ending events like, yeah. that would have been sick. You could have had a Batman movie that introduces these other people, and you could have had, like, Nightwing and Robin. Or, hell, you could have had a really awesome, like, not romance, but a drama with a Nightwing or an older Robin and Barbara. 
and throw in elements of some of the other stories like Killing Joke or how Court of Owls. Like there's so many different things you could have done, but they just decide to shoot themselves in the foot at every opportunity to build a universe. Yeah. Um, completely agree. I think Sorry, I think we'll move on after this, but uh, <laughs> it seems like there's just a lot of squandered potential here. I mean, the fact that they're not moving on with, you know, certain, like about Batman universe, like I was talking about, it's crazy to think that they are going to just throw away a trench when it's sitting right there. Shame on you, Warner Brothers. Just picture this. A Joker-style movie about the Condiment King starring Kevin James. That's money on the table right there for you. What are we doing, DC? The King of Queens? <laughs> the very the King same of, King of Queens. King of Queens. And you know what? I'm pretty sure he's seen a trench in his life. <laughs> oh, I, I <laughs> These universes yeah. just twice. cross over like that. Oh, man. All right. Well, well, we got one more news topic to touch on about another universe that is being built up. And surprisingly, its home might be at Netflix because they are now in talks with Ryan Johnson to return, with Daniel Craig to return for a Knives Out sequel, and on top of that, a second sequel. Apparently they're talking right now, they're between 400 and $450 million to get them to make these sequels at Netflix. Are we interested in Ryan Johnson and Daniel Craig coming back as Detective Benoit Blanc? At all. Sam. Super on board. I think Knives Out is one of my favorite movies he made. Uh, and he made the best Star Wars movie. I'm really looking forward to seeing more with uh, Daniel Craig's character. I hope we get a little bit more of Anna to Armas, because I think their dynamic was really great. But I guess we re- more mysteries, I think, are going to be cool to see if he kind of taps on different styles of murder mysteries. Because... There's clearly a specific time frame that they based a lot of what Knives Out was about. And also, I'm really curious on how they're going to title these things. Knives Out 2, Two Knife, Two Furious. Whoa. <laughs> Galaxy Brain. Um, Knives Out 3, Tokyo Shiv. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think everything, or mostly everything about this is great. Um, Netflix tends to give their filmmakers just like give them the money and you do what you want and just come back to us with a movie Um, so the fact that they want Ryan Johnson on board is great the like they clearly want a franchise of their own so I think that's why they're they're going so hard on Knives Out Um, and yeah so he's going to be able to make the movies he wants with this crazy amount of money with probably any actor he wants. So this is all fantastic. The only downside is just, in my opinion, is the streaming of it all is just how great was it watching that first knives out in a theater, right? Like it was a lot of fun and it kind of like reminded you about how fun just a classic mystery story can be in and amongst a group of people watching watching it so like i get it it's a it's a give and take here um and 
believe me, I'm not really complaining that I get to watch Knives Out 2 at home. It's just, you know, that was a big win, I think, for like original stories doing well in a movie theater. It, like that first Knives Out made a lot of money. So um, the fact that it's just going to be on Netflix is a little bit of a bummer. But in the end, I'm happy that it it's going to exist in general. So uh, I think yeah. that they said they there was because I did have the same concern, Sam. I think somewhere in the press event or announcement, it said that they're likely to have some form of uh, theatrical run so that it qualifies for the Oscar because Ryan did get nominated for original screenplay Super for the cool. first one. Yeah. So yeah, I, I I definitely hope that they are in theaters because it de- it was one of my favorite theatrical going experiences of that year for sure. Absolutely. Well, it sounds like the family and that cast is not coming back. It's just going to be separate stories in this universe by this detective. Swayze, were you a fan of Knives Out? Are you interested? I was. I, I liked Knives Out a lot. It was one of those movies where everyone hyped it up, and I was like, there's no way it can be as good as it is, and then it turned out to be better than everyone said it was. Um, I <laughs> My family compared me to Ransom in that movie, which I don't know how I feel about. <laughs> You're just uh, in the bathroom tweeting? That, no, yeah, no, I, Ransom no, is no, Chris Ransom. Evans. Oh, Ransom, Chris sorry, Evans, yeah. sorry, 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 sorry. So I don't know how I feel about that. But, I don't um, think I've ever seen you. He really good in knit sweaters. I was like, yeah. I've never seen why? you in a sweater. <laughs> I used to wear sweaters in the winter whenever we'd record. Do you have I, many cardigans? No, no, I'm I'm you gotta step up too, your cardigan game. I'm not that fashionable, but um, no, I loved I loved the first one, and uh, when they said they were making a second one, I thought, well, okay, that figures. Um, and yeah, no, I agree with you. Netflix likes to just say, you know, here's money, make it. They don't. There's not as much studio interference, I believe. So, um, if it goes that route then i'd be more than excited i'd love to see knives out too with um if they bring back daniel craig if they bring back ryan johnson it's just a recipe for another good movie i'm all for it i need joseph gordon levitt in one of them he'd be good in them he'd be good he in needs them. to be in one of them like the the ryan i think brought it up like the cast that that first movie had i've watched the behind the scenes i, I bought it and as soon as Daniel Craig, like the only reason they were able to make the movie was because Spectre got delayed, not Spectre, No Time to uh-huh. Die, got delayed shooting. So they had like a four month window to shoot the whole movie. And when Daniel was like, yeah, I'll do it. Then Lionsgate was like, make the movie. And then that, that, I mean, you could, that led to everybody else getting cast in it. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping we get. I mean, this is not a shot at Don Johnson, but I hope we get more A-listers because I just wouldn't consider him to be an A-lister. But I hope we get more A-list casts like that. Like, I, the kind of people I think would be so perfect in this movie is people like Lena Headey. Like, I think oh, yeah. like that kind of scale... Or, and Hell, Peter Dinklage, make him in it. Like, just you can get that level of prestige in these. And it... I think we can all agree, like, the the script, the writing is incredible, but it just gets elevated by the people he's able to have say those oh, yeah. those lines. That would be, be a cool segment for the future, Ryan, is if, if it was a name your Knives Out 2 cast. Well, Kyle just started it, and I'm pretty sure he's saying we're doing Knives Out 2 set in Europe, and all the characters from Game of Thrones are back in it, just as different new characters. I would totally be on board with that. I as would love long it. as Amelia Clark wasn't in it. 
Because she's yeah. going to be too... No, no, no. It's not because I don't like her. It's because she's going to be too busy making Aquaman 2. Oh, I hope so. Oh, the well wishes. Yeah, it's... Of course you want more of this. As long as Ryan Johnson has ideas for this, and it's not, here's a boatload of money, make us a couple. Because if he has some ideas and they're as well thought out as that first one, absolutely, this can be an amazing trilogy. This may be like our generation's godfathers of trilogies. They could be so strong. Just based on like how thematic they are, how it's against the grain of everything else that we're seeing right now, and just how great the cast is going to be and how well they're going to be remembered down the line. There's a lot of parallels going that way. So, yes, if he's got great ideas, if he wants to do these, and it's not all about the money, I think this can be great. Yeah, let's fill out like huge casts and just completely dive into that classic murder mystery style. Let's not do any set on a train. We've done like the mansion, so let's let's start exploring some different things. Do it on a boat in a trench. Uh, yeah, there we see, go. There we go. Now we're tying. That would be set in a con- another confined space is a really good idea. And yeah, let's the give- International Space Station. <laughs> <laughs> and to top it off, <laughs> let's give Ryan Johnson a DC movie. Why not? Let's just go with Interesting. that. But. Yeah, I think we're all on board with this one. We're all happy with the first one. Kyle just oh, yeah. had the idea of which DC movie. The question. Okay. Yeah. He, he's like a faceless <laughs> detective. Yeah. yeah. Just saw, it, it, let's just get Daniel Craig for him too. <laughs> that would be sick. That would be. All I right. Watch that movie in a heartbeat. So there we go. There's all our news topics. We went a whole lot longer than we normally do. There was a lot of passion, a lot of fire from some of these news topics. But we got to the end, and we got a lot off our chests. And Kyle still feels like he's pent up with a lot more feelings. But I got more. I'm sorry. <laughs> Today is not a. This is not a good episode for me. I I apologize to our listeners. But I turned my gain down, so it shouldn't be as loud as normal. Well, uh, let's test if he did turn his gain down because he's got to review a movie next with the rest of us, and I have a feeling he's going to let out a bit more emotion during that too because. We are heading into our review for Godzilla vs. Kong. Almost 60 years ago, these two titans, kaijus, met in a gruesome battle that was kind of stop-motion-y and hard to keep up with, but fast forward in... 60 years and you add a bit of CGI to that and you get to rewatch that fight and it's only slightly better or not we'll find out very soon because we're reviewing Godzilla versus Kong I guess the second HBO release HBO Max release this year that we are talking about we had the Snyder cut last week we got Godzilla versus Kong this week so the HBO gods have been plentiful so far for us. They're giving us these summer blockbusters that we aren't getting to watch in theaters in our own homes where we can watch on our phones like Chris Nolan intended. And everyone smiled. Fun but, fact, Godzilla vs. Kong was the nickname given to my uh, f- my parents' divorce. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> so, Two titans well clashed. Yes. Okay, that was is the- no, but ser- this is 
that's I, I don't know how to feel about that joke, Swayze. That's really good dark comedy. Well done. It's it's not a joke. <laughs> no, we'll see we'll see you opening up for Anthony Jesselnick uh, in a couple of years. Oh boy. Thanks to Adam Weingard, who is the director here. We get a lot of actors who we can just talk about as we come up because as we all know, we're all showing up to watch a CGI big monkey and a CGI angry lizard throw some punches, maybe bite each other a little bit. There's some flame breath of sorts. That's all we want to see. Maybe throw an axe in there. Who knows? Sam. Yeah. What exactly is the story of Godzilla versus Kong? Well, let me tell you. This is the epic trench. Oh, unfortunately not. And that's my biggest uh, gripe about the movie. But anyway, We'll set the stage here. The epic next chapter in the cinematic MonsterVerse pits two of the greatest icons in motion picture history against one another. The fearsome Godzilla and the mighty Kong with humanity caught in the balance. Yeah. Chills. Chills on that one. (laughs) That almost... This MonsterVerse that consisted of Godzilla, Godzilla King of the Monsters, and Kong Skull Island almost got me more excited than the dark universe almost but not quite. oh no <laughs> what could have been imagine they had that cast photo and it was like Ghidorah, rodan <laughs> like they did oh, for that dark universe. you remember that photo yeah. I, i'm gonna frame that and put that in my office Tuck. next to the the x-men you know do you remember the they had, it was the same year they had the fox yeah era one right with Channing Tatum and Fan Four Stick. Oh, yeah. and I think it was the Age of Apocalypse crew then. Yeah. Oh man, can I go first, please? You absolutely can. <laughs> after bringing up that very sad in memoriams that you just talked about <laughs> of shared universes, <laughs> this movie fucking sucks. Whoa! And I have, I have never been more disappointed in a bad movie. Not because of hype. We talked about the trailer. None of us thought this was going to be objectively a good movie. But I thought, at the very least, that this was going to be a fun, entertaining film. Likely with some stupid human elements, because outside of a few, most of them, the human stuff doesn't matter. So I'm fortunate to have HBO Max. So I loaded it up on my TV that's currently behind me. Nalina was curious. She typically watches what we review and we're like, this will be fun. Like Godzilla versus King Kong. This We're going to have a good... Didn't. I asked her an hour and a half in. Are you, in, are you having fun? Nope. This movie is... This movie should be dumb fun. And there is a fine line. I like to use Fast Five as the template for dumb fun, where it is ridiculous, but you are captivated by it and thoroughly entertained. And without getting into spoilers, I fucking called the ending of this movie, and that's ridiculous. All they were missing was the arm grasp, and the ending of this movie was predicted by me, which is not a good thing, because I am not a member of the Writers Guild of America. I'm an idiot yelling at a microphone in my attic at 11.24 on a Thursday. (laughs) (laughs) I should not be able to predict the ending of your monster movie, Adam Wingard. You directed Death Note. 
So you, I don't want you anywhere near another motion picture ever again. He made a giant gorilla and a giant lizard or reptile boring. That is impressive. This is Michael Bay Age of Extinction level stupid. The human characters make no goddamn sense. There's no story to this. It's just how do we fill two hours between two monster fights, essentially, not getting into details. All the coolest moments were in the trailer. That's not a good thing. When you've seen what is the coolest action beats, nothing, the movie doesn't look good. Apparently the entire film is lit by neon and somehow it's still dark. On top of that, this has a certified 80% on Rotten Tomatoes. What the actual fuck? Well said. I'm done till we get into spoilers. <laughs> and tomatoes are technically a fruit for all you people keeping track at home. Sam. Uh... Okay, yeah. So I'm I'm generally on the same wavelength. Um, I'll just bring the the passion down just a couple notches. But um, I, it just in terms of the okay, I'm gonna bring it to just like yeah, like the experience of it. Where I think this is a movie that um, unfortunately uh, suffers from being watched at home uh, alone at night, like just. It's just me watching it and there's just no excitement. There's nothing happening. There's no sparks. There's no, like, it's just what Kyle said, boring. It, it's just a boring movie. There's nothing to latch on to. Um, and believe me, I'm going in looking for just the the punching and Godzilla breath and, you know, big bananas. I, there was no big bananas. What is Kong There was eat? no big bananas. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand what Kong eats. These guys are, these are big monsters. They don't eat anything. Like, he eats fish. He ate fish in the movie. Did he eat fish? I was probably... That's, is that a spoiler? Can I say that? No, that was a spoiler. That. that was a it's, spoiler. It's a great and reference to 98 Godzilla. Yeah, that's, that's a, a lot, lot of fish. fish. <laughs> so... And that's just the cardinal sin. It's like boring and the movie absolutely should not be, right? And yes, the characters are all annoying. They are all so annoying and it would have been way better if some of them died. Uh, like honestly, like, or all of them. Like because that would have at least been a, some kind of decision made. But like the fact that they pretend like we care about what Alexander Skarsgård is, you know, blabbering on about. Although, oh wait, hold on. I guess I'll save it for, for spoilers. But there, there's a certain chunk of the movie that I liked the idea of what where they literally go. I think there's a cool thing going on there. But save it for spoilers. But yes, boring. And I'm really mad that I spent money renting this dang thing. That's your fault. Yeah, it is my bad. <laughs> All right, Swayze. There's a lot stacked up on the negative side here. Where were you going to draw your lines on this trench that will be Godzilla versus Kong? Um, I went into this movie with one thing in mind, and that was, is it going to make me want to watch the other movies? Because I haven't seen any of them. Oh, wow. So um, I, I literally was like, I can either, I'm either going to watch all of them beforehand, which I could have done. I didn't. Uh, or I'm going to watch it, and if I like it, I'll go back and watch them. Um, 
The verdict is I don't think I'm going to watch them. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, What's most the, upsetting about that is the first two are very good. Yeah, yeah, I would and say that. Okay, maybe went, maybe on your recommendation I'll go watch them. Which one do I not watch? Just Kong? So here's what I honestly would recommend. The, okay, Definitely oh, Kong. I'd say Kong's the best you, one. Kong Kong and Skull Island is de- is unequivocally, I think, the best film. But what's so frustrating about it is... I like to quote this is Screen Junkies quote that I steal and I apply to stuff like this. Like, first Godzilla, as much as I understand people... Spoilers, I guess. Godzilla's not in it a ton. No, he's not. And Kong Skull Island are like smart blockbusters. Where there's more going on than just the bare minimum. Where... Godzilla versus Kong takes all of the bad from King of Monsters, which you don't need to see at all for this to make sense. Like Godzilla versus Kong. You could just watch those two as complete one-offs and be like, wow, those were great one-offs. And like pretend there is no ending. Because honestly, my investment, having seen all three, is worsened by this... I guess quote unquote ending. This this movie I I wanted more. I expected more, even from a dumb movie about a giant gorilla fighting a giant gator. Um, I wanted. I I know he's a lizard. I just think it's funny to call him a gator. <laughs> um, I uh, I I wanted to like this movie. I wanted to have a fun time. I thought going into it, I could just shut off my brain and just have fun the same way Ryan does with Riverdale, and uh, I just. Uh, I, I came out of it like oh no, that was that I guess like I have a, I have a whole I have a whole note thing on my phone that I took while watching the movie nice which so I'll talk more in in uh, spoilers sure. about it so you all didn't like Godzilla versus Kong and then you compare me as the guy who still watches Riverdale and <laughs> likes it because it's dumb and then we look back a couple weeks at the top tens. And uh, there's a common trend of dumb people doing dumb things, stupid people doing stupid things. I didn't love this movie, but I definitely did not hate it with a burning passion either. I was well, pretty... I didn't hate it. I just didn't love it. I I definitely it was didn't like love plain it. spaghetti. Mm. Yeah, mine you had know, a bit of sauce. Mine had a, a bit, bit of, of sauce, sauce. When it went down. Yes, not oregano. I hope. <laughs> That's not oregano. The movie is exactly, I think, what I was expecting it to be. It's the same formula, just the CGI fest mixed in with the really meh human characters that don't really get much done. And I guess we'll waste the hour, like an hour of this movie on them because we can't afford two hours of straight CGI for some reason. Even though we got to pay all these actors. We're still figuring that part out, I guess. But the action, the CGI, I think they really make up a lot of what the enjoyment ended up being for this because it was so visually nice to look at. I think that was kind of what got me interested. We did see a few scenes that we'll talk about more in spoilers that I was like, this is what we're doing with our CGI budget for the first half hour of this movie, watching this character walk around scratching his butt. But okay. Okay, we'll make those decisions now. Um, But there are two human stories in this one one story is very pointless you can completely <clears throat> remove these characters from the movie point blank you don't have to write anything more just take it out 
we have like an hour and a half now long movie and it's the exact same story the exact same things get done it still makes the same amount of sense very confused about why they needed to be in this again that's a lot of actor budget give me more fight i am happy with that so yes i'm i'm a little confused as to some decisions that are still being made in this i have a feeling these have been i guess concerns they have been nitpicks that have been happening throughout this whole we'll call it franchise right now that people have been saying the whole time yet they seem to be the one thing that the studios are blind to or i guess deaf at that point to hear that they can't do is get rid of so much of this human story and try to make sense of this that's not what we want that's not what we care about yes we have to have some direction give us 10 minutes of direction that's it so there's one half of this movie that i was happy with there's a big half of this movie that i was pretty mad about so i'd say watch if you're expecting and wanting what you know is coming because that's exactly what you get but with that, that's our non-spoilers review for Godzilla vs. Kong. Now we can jump into the spoiler territory coming up here. So if you guys have to go, if you haven't had a chance to watch Godzilla vs. Kong for yourself, if you're super excited still to see it, if you're giving it your own chance, jump out now. But if you want those spoilers, if you want or don't care about what you're going to hear, or you want just to push and you want to know exactly what happens and that might convince you to watch it. Here that comes for Godzilla vs. Kong. Here it is, your final warning for Godzilla vs. Kong spoilers. This is your last chance. Get out now, because Kyle is about to tell us from tip to tail exactly what Godzilla vs. Kong is all about. All right, here's our plot synopsis for this big old pile of shit. So, we are... I'm not sure if I'm doing this in the correct order. No. I don't think it matters. Fuck, this movie's stupid. So, we are... Let's just start with Kong, because that's irrelevant to the the plot moving forward, which Sam, I believe, spoke about. So, we go to Skull Island. It might not be the first thing, but it doesn't really matter, because you can move a bunch of scenes in this movie into different spots. It, it's it's not cohesive. It's not a good story. Um, Kong is bigger. But you know what would have been a great idea to show us that he was bigger? Like, put him towards some things that would actually indicate his, sco- his scale <laughs> put a, is larger. Put him next to a quarter or something. Put him towards something! You have no idea that he's bigger. At all. Like, that was a point of Kong Skull Island where we saw Kong amongst skeletons of other Kongs, and you're like, holy shit, he's gonna get so much bigger. I can't wait to see him that big. I guess we do, because he's supposed to be that big, but this movie has a terrible way of indicating actually how big they are at any point. So he's walking around scrap... Yes, Ryan. I will say, before we jump in, because I forgot to write this point down, I'll forget about it. This movie opens with the credits, and it's kind of like the college bracket, the March Madness <laughs> yeah. of Godzilla facing off against all these guys, and Kong just fighting the Skull Crawler, and then oh, and they're they're the, slowly, yeah, they're yeah. slowly towards each other. That's right. Yeah. How about the whole first half hour of this movie that Kyle's about to mention? Just be actually showing those fights and just heading to this this conclusion. 
like Spider-Man 2 style. Just show us recaps of their fights. Yeah. That would have been awesome. Get us hyped. No. So that we get Kong scratching his ass, listening to some slow jams in the morning. And then there's this small girl who's somehow made this tiny woven Kong. And she's deaf. Or sorry, hard of hearing. Uh, my apologies. And... She brings it and shows Kong, and he's like, that's cool. He's, like, stripped off the branches of this tree and then throws it at the sky. <laughs> Surprise, he's in a dome. He's in, like, a Truman Show right? thing. Yeah. The Kong How show? the fuck did you get him in there? How did they do that? Yeah. Did they build it around Big him? Big banana or? on a stick. Uh, but yeah, I guess so. It, Somebody drove around in a Mario Kart. Just it, <laughs> it was confusing, too, because they said that storm that's happening on the outside has been happening this whole time and they needed to build yep. this to protect them. So you're telling me you can build that huge biodome around them in the middle of this hurricane? <laughs> well, he, okay, so I, I want to talk about this because you brought that up and this is a great segue. The evolution of science in this franchise is fucking bonkers. Because in the first one, they're just like Call of Duty bros shooting at Godzilla. And then Kong Skull Island, obviously in the 70s, so it's dated. King of Monsters, they're like trying to control the monsters. But there is nothing remotely of the level of science fiction. And then in this one, oh, we have anti-gravity cars that can drive to the center of the Earth. And then we've made this telepathic rig in Ghidorah's skull. And we've made this giant Mecha Godzilla. Like, I'm okay with Mecha Godzilla. I just assumed it was going to be a pacific rim level dude piloting it but no so like it's laughable in where they're just like giving you all this shit right so kong kong stuff is fine it's it reminded me of a good movie which was the origin story of this king kong and then it kept going so we see godzilla we get brian michael henry brian tyler, tyler henry. yeah right and oh guys Let's sitting in a writer's room. How do we make it? How do we make him relatable? I know he's got a podcast. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, he does. The revolutionary no people get on board. Yeah, rate, review, Crazy. and subscribe. Like if you loved, or if you liked it, subscribe if you loved it. Um, he's just some fucking no one. And oh, we're at Apex, this company we've never heard of. Yeah. All right. Cool. And he's like, they've got some stuff. We're gonna find out. I've been, I've been undercover for five years. Undercover for five years at this company we've never fucking heard of. What is this sword? Um, right. So he's in Apex, and he's like trying to figure out this shit. And he's fine. I have no pri problem with uh, Brian Tyler Henry. He's he's just doing his thing, right? He's this script probably was just shit smears, and they're like, be funny, tell drama. I don't know. I don't know how to make a movie. Did you see Death Note? <laughs> no. No one did. How this guy got... This guy is living off The Guest, which good for him. The Guest is a good movie. Nothing he's made since has been good. And so he's trying to figure out what's going on with Apex, man. They're telling some shady shit and I'm going to find out. And then alarm, alarm, alarm. Godzilla's here. Why would Godzilla be here? I don't know. We've got this glowing red dot in this sphere what is it you'll find out at the hour and 45 minute mark cool so godzilla's like i'm mad blah and it's like cool you're showing godzilla destroy a, a, a power plant 
Haven't I seen? Yeah, it was in the first movie. Like, none of the monster stuff in this movie is original. At all. It's... This was a 16-year-old's attempt at a script, and somehow they spent $300 million on it. So Godzilla destroys this thing. This guy somehow survives this encounter. And then we get the crowning achievement of Netflix and Godzilla King of Monsters. We get Eleven. She's not a good actor in this movie at all. She overacts a lot. She's not good in Enola Holmes, so I just think she's not good with good scripts. Maybe. Maybe that's her problem. Or maybe she's a bad actor. I'm not exactly sure. I didn't keep up with Stranger Things. But, so she's like, Dad, Godzilla wouldn't attack because, you know, he's a good guy. And Coach from Friday Night Lights is like, Okay, yeah. Attack. Yeah, like, hey, let's just pause here for a second because <laughs> Kyle Chandler, Absolutely. Kyle Chandler, okay, is making a career. The worst dad in human history. What? In film. No way. His daughter goes to Hong Kong. And he has no idea. Why is he in the movie? He shows up twice yeah. Yeah. He, to talk to her there. And then she's like, Dad, I'm in Hong Kong. Yeah, I just want to. That's it. I want to just throw respect his way because this guy's making a career out of wearing like FBI jackets on, under a tent and just like being worried about something. And then he's gone. Like that's that's, yeah. he's, that's what his part. And I'm you know what? He's good at it. Millie, just I do whatever not, you want to do. I only got two lines in this movie. <laughs> I'm busy. Full hearts. We can't yeah. lose. <laughs> yeah, I, I have in my notes that she was overacting. Um, and I thought that was like, <sighs> I was just so fucking annoying. If they all <laughs> were doing it, it'd be like, oh, this she sure, thinks yeah. she's in, a, or like the director, I like there were crossed wires where like he thinks he's in a, she's making a stupid movie, which he did. Good job. But she thinks she's in this, like, big monster movie, so it's like, she seems so out of place, but she's lis- she listens to Brian Tyler Henry's podcast. What are the chances? And so she just dips and meets up with Fire Fist from Deadpool 2, who's English, I guess? Didn't know. Yeah, he's from New Zealand, New Zealand I think, yeah. isn't oh, he? Oh, is he? Okay. Well, I, it didn't... Did, it, was he... Had, I have a hard time with the Kiwi accent. Yeah. Was it a, or was he doing, was it his natural Kiwi accent or was he doing an English accent? It's, I'm pretty yeah. sure it was his natural accent, but okay, they sound so, almost identical. I, I stand corrected. Uh, Sam, so what did he sound like? Oh, God. Hey, where's Kong, Matt? I don't know. <laughs> well done. So they're like, we're going to go find this random fucking guy that we don't know who he is in Florida. Okay. And then we meet evil scientist, and he's definitely not evil. Uh, this guy's from a Saturday morning cartoon. Okay, but, no, but the th- guy this who runs Apex. But this is what the movie needs, though. This is this is the vibe that it should be going I for. I agree. I totally agree. If everyone but was he's on in the movie for five minutes, well, if everyone was on the same playing field as him, like they're just going for that, then I think we have uh, somewhat of a winner. But he is Raul Julia from Street Fighter. Like that's who he should be. Like. For you, the like the day that bison graced your island was the greatest day of your life. For me, it was a Tuesday. Like that's what we need from this guy. But he's not in the movie enough. We get Isaac Gonzalez, who's like, I'm here because Daddy said so. Good for you. Are you gonna be a person? No, because no one has character arc or dimension. So he shows up and he's like, I am a good man. We're trying to fight the monsters. It's like, all right, cool. You gonna make a gun or? 
What do you do? Oh, you're making Godzilla, Mecha Godzilla. You're gonna hide that really, really well. All right, cool. So he finds a uh, bearded Skarsgård in an office, and bearded Skarsgård's like, I had this book that there was this secret place at the center of the earth where all the titans came from i'm really glad the lore over the last three movies t- touched on this at all <laughs> and that you know what you know what would have been a great idea we have to go to skull island because if skull crawlers are coming from this place we didn't know existed why don't we dig a hole in skull island no we have to go to antarctica for reasons because we need to somehow get kong get kong on a boat because then we had to somehow manifest their first fight. Yeah. The, there's no logic in this movie whatsoever. Like, we are told in Kong's... Like, did Adam Wingard see the other movies? Because we're told the Skullcrawlers are coming from beneath the island. How's that possible? Okay, Kyle, uh, there's like a vein coming out of your neck, man. You're... you're... <laughs> <laughs> It's like, I feel like this movie took every decision and decided to make the worst possible one. I can't wait to see what the star count is. But, so, they need to somehow get to the center of the Earth. Uh, How do we draw more attention to ourselves? Oh, we need to bring King Kong. For for reasons. For bait. Right? So, they, they throw King Kong's ass on a boat. And they're like, we're going nowhere, not near, nowhere, nowhere near Godzilla. He won't find us. Oh, he does. All that tension is completely removed because you put it in the trailer because you had to sell this movie on monster fights. Uh, yeah, like, I did what's, enjoy what's the, the like when- relationship between like the humans and like Kong? I couldn't really understand if like they're like, are they friends? Are they? Like, he, does he like him them? And the little girl are like kind of like metaphysically Buddies. connected. Right? That's like, the only he, thing. Like, he, he t- but that's it. Like otherwise, well, they say they're tranking his ass, so he's not like trying to break the boat in half. Which fine, whatever. So they're they're like completely and, using the little girl and Kong for their own little game that they're playing. Yeah, and uh, Rebecca uh, Hall. Hall. Yeah, from Iron Man Three, right? So then Godzilla's like he's gonna sense him because they're two alphas. The alpha theory, which came from a study on wolves, has been di- was disproven what twenty years ago. Was this when the script was? Because every time they say alpha, that's what they're talking about. That's where in like the zeitgeist, the term alpha, that's where that came from. Is that there was an alpha wolf amongst a pack of other male and female wolves. Kyle, I, th- like, I think we, B- we... Blue Mountain State Fad Castle wrote this <laughs> script. I think we might be asking now a little too much from this script. Uh, apparently. I, I don't know. Right? So they're on the boat. They fight. All, I, I don't know about you guys, but I thought all the best beats of this fight are in the trailer. So this fight loses its excitement because you've seen the things already. It was all new to me. <laughs> yeah, true. That's fair. The only, the only piece I liked about it was when Kong flipped the entire battleship. Like it was a canoe he sunk. Like, and then this and, is sorry, this is the beginning. And when he parkoured off the other battleships. Yeah, that was cool. This that this was is cool. the beginning of like just imagining all the just innocent civilians that are just perishing, you know, just throughout the whole movie, millions are dying. 
while these two yep. flip things and punch through buildings. Yeah. You know what would have been great? I would have loved to see some people analysis, like analyze that film looking for the casualties caused by these monster fights like they did in fucking Man of Steel. <laughs> yeah. Some consistent critics would be nice. Just, just thinking. Right? So God, that fight is, f- is fine. It shouldn't be fine. That should be, oh shit, gloves are off. You're at a sporting event. Two heavyweights are throwing bombs. And it's passable at best, right? And then Kong gets his ass kicked because he had to fight mostly in water. And here's where I went, this movie is really, really stupid. Kong is being drowned because Godzilla can swim. I mean, Kong can swim, but Godzilla being reptilian-based can hold his breath for longer. So he's being dragged underwater. Probably one of the smartest moves Godzilla demonstrates in the entire film. And then they shoot something into the ocean. Death charges. Right? Which shouldn't that affect both monsters? You're sending a sonic boom in the water. Last I checked, it would affect both, but Kong's like, nah, I'm good. And then he's like, poof, passes out on his hammock after six beers on a Sunday evening. And they're like, play dead. All right, cool. So then they're like, how do we, get, how, what are we going to do? We're stuck here. Uh, we got to get to Antarctica. How do they get to Antarctica? Because I understand that they fly him, but at some point you would have had to turn power on. And you said in the movie, if we turn the power back on, Godzilla's going to come get us. Oh, uh, Adam, how do we get out of that? Uh, uh, cut to black. So Kyle, uh, We Can Be Heroes is looking pretty good now, isn't it? <laughs> I liked We Can Be Heroes more than this. Oh, man. <laughs> because this movie you know what i feel like i this is i'm i mean i am a parent but being a child who never really hit my potential i feel this is disappointed parent <laughs> in every aspect because again this didn't i think we all can agree those trailers you're like this is gonna be a fast five like or it's gonna be a big dumb action movie that you can just enjoy but at every opportunity to present you the human stuff, it's way too stupid. And the monster fights, completely unoriginal. Do you remember when Adam Wingard said there was going to be a great story about that axe? There isn't. He <laughs> finds it in the center of the earth, and it's lying on the fucking ground! Okay, hold on. Let's talk about the center of the earth, guys. Come on. Let's, let's... Okay, so they get there, right? Hollow they earth. go through this Hollow weird-ass portal. Earth. Which... Hell yeah. Can, one second, please. I, I just want to get this, and then we can we can dive right into the Hollow Earth thing. When they go to the Hollow Earth, they need this fancy ship that has this portal or anti-grav technology so you don't get crushed, right? There's this, like, blip that they go through to get to the center of the Earth. Yeah. However, at the end of the movie, when Godzilla's been atomic breathing to the center of the Earth, there's no portal. It's just a gi- <laughs> giant hole. Yeah. Big hole for big monster. <laughs> big monkey. <laughs> big monkey. Yeah. Nailed it. I mean, listen, man. Like, I, I get it. It's all dumb, man. It's all dumb. No, it's not dumb. It's, it's stupid. It's stupid. It, nothing makes sense. And this, and I agree with you. It's it's really... But, like, at this point, I, I can't even be mad anymore. I'm just like, well, this is this is just a waste. Like, the, it, it, it's unfortunate, but... 
I can't get that mad about it. They got a hollow earth. It's basically like a trench. No, but there's been, like, every opportunity to make this movie is a bad decision. Like, this is Warner Brothers in a nutshell. They actually took their time to establish their new Godzilla, which, again, look at the reviews and the response. People were upset that there was not enough Godzilla. That is something that you can mostly adjust. Like, the human story of the first Godzilla is about a husband and wife getting back to each other, right? We've all have companionship of some sort or a loved one where that is a relatable and emotional story, right? There is a disaster. That was the metaphor for Godzilla in the beginning, right? It was what happened in Japan. So we are using Godzilla as this environmental disaster that is a reaction to humans trying to play God right and you're like it, it's con- it's not condensed but all right it's compelling then we get this throwback vietnam movie that's all about how man is actually not in control and we are just pieces in the puzzle that is mother nature and you get the different perspectives from the humans then godzilla king of monsters is big and fucking stupid but at least it gave us cool monster fights and things looked somewhat good right it gave you mothra it gave you rodan it gave you king Ghidorah. this movie doesn't do any of any of the things that the other three did successfully at all i think each movie was written in a vacuum and then they realized they needed to bring them together right like this movie should has three monster fights technically four but the last three monster fights are in the last 20 minutes so there's not even time to breathe Right, So they get to the center of the Earth, and they're like, wow, this is really cool. But like, it would have been really awesome to see like ruins of mo- like m- monster skeletons or like things that connected to anything we gave a shit about. No, we're going to give you this giant flying snake. This is where because the crossover the- with Brendan Fraser and uh, Kid from Hunger Games. I forget his name. He was also, he was also in... Uh, Zathura. In- firehouse dog which is a movie about a dog that is he works at a firehouse oh what you're kidding me yeah holy shit yeah (laughs) did not see that coming i was gonna say i got him mixed up with the kid from zoom there's a movie i want to see but but that's that's just the the kid from uh from the cat in the hat that's my mistake godzilla versus kong versus firehouse dog yeah, versus Cat and right. Hat. So there's no history in the center of the earth, right? Yeah. It's You see a bloody handprint and a bone with a scale through it. So, like, the Kong species is intelligent. They're giant primates for all intents and purposes. So, like, all right, there's... Adam, what is the story? You didn't tell us anything. You didn't show us anything interesting. It's like, oh, look, I found this Roku remote on the TV. Now I can use my Roku. Like, that's not a story. It's a sentence. And it's not a compelling sentence. (laughs) Right? So, Brian Michael Henry, or Brian Tyler Henry, Fire Fist, and 11. It is 11, right? It's not... Oh, 13 is from House. Different numbered human. This whole time are trying to discover what Apex is doing. Like, I found this thing for a thing. I don't know. Then let's... Apparently, Apex has no security whatsoever. 
because they're able to just completely go through the wreckage of the Florida site and then get onto a delivery for Hong Kong, which is completely unguarded, that has no security cameras whatsoever, and they travel at speeds to which they would be human mush. Yeah. Sure. Um, they get to Hong Kong, which, shout out to Hong Kong, my dad's from there, uh, free Hong Kong, and they then discover Mechagodzilla, which is, I don't think it was a... I think we all kind of predicted it was going it was, to be in the It movie. was in the trailer in uh, in one yeah, the, frame. Yeah, that the blueprint, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. No, so no, the fine. actual the actual Mechagodzilla it was like oh. a yeah. it was when the people were running into the underground there was a upward shot and you could see him. Oh, interesting. Blurry. Okay. So it was it was quick enough that you clearly had to be paying attention and we missed it. Oh, yeah. So I'm glad that I didn't actually see it cuz again, that would take something compelling from the from the film. So they have a skull of King Ghidorah cool which it would have been this would have been i don't think this was like a post-credit scene of king of monsters right this wasn't teased at anything did they have the skull it was was it okay yeah. so my mistake they, they charles were, dance yeah, got it charles though. dance was like buying it but he yeah where was he well he read the yeah. script <laughs> <laughs> good for him um right so then we have I just kept thinking that the guy who was controlling King Ghidorah was the dude from Real Steel, but it's not the same guy. Uh, but it just reminded me of the same thing. Right? So they're using that as the synapse to control Mechagodzilla. And you know what? That is the kind of pseudoscience that I can get behind in a kaiju movie. Right? Sure. You need some form of thing to control the giant. Sure. Whatever. But this is when <laughs> this movie, I just felt like, all right, I'm settling in. This is what it is. And then it would just punch me in the face with more stupid. So they sent the people to go to the center of the earth for a power source, right? Which in any movie ever, you would think they need to bring back. So you could use said power source, the lost city of Atlantis from that, or the lost empire from the, bad the dark ages of disney had this and you're like all right you gotta bring a crystal back you gotta bring something of whatever that geological shit is at the center of the earth back no apparently you can download the blueprint over a fucking hotmail email and that gives you unlimited power sure so they witness god's mecha godzilla fight the, the, the skull crawlers that they brought over to test and the monster's not working. They get the power source and they realize that this is bad. So Godzilla comes to Hong Kong, destroys Hong Kong willy nilly. And he's like, wait a minute. For some reason, I am realizing at this moment, not any earlier moment, because this would be inconvenient to the plot. That Kong is at the center of the earth. Oh, I'm sorry. It's because at that moment, Kong went, hey, that groove on the ground kind of looks like this thing I picked up. Let me put it down. Brong, brong, brong. And it makes all the energy. And then Gaz is like, ah, shit, blows a hole into the ground and completely undoes the way that they were able to traverse in the beginning. So Kong crawls up and they have a fight. I don't understand. So talking about King of Monsters, King of Monsters did a clever thing where they're like, we're going to put this at night because 
it's easier and it's less expensive to not completely light these creatures in the daytime, right? They, they cost a lot of money. Like Ryan said, you can't have two hours of them. Why not? Because that would be entertaining. So we're going to put it at night. We're going to have lightning clouds, but it's good. You're still going to be able to see them. I don't know how they did this, but this movie is dark with neon and it's still lit like shit. Like these action sequences are not edited well. So Kong shows up, they fight, there's some fighting, there's some biting, there's some tussling and Kong wins, wins out the first or wins round two as a uh, scars guard number 78 says and you're like cool but kong uses his axe right he again absorbs the, the energy you know and he also yeah. yeah wouldn't that have been a great moment to see for the first time in the film yeah true it, right it's in the it trailer would it would have been amazing it's almost <laughs> like putting doomsday in a batman versus superman trailer lots of money shots in thought? that trailer yeah i mean but hey look they got us hooked they got me spend money watching this dang thing let me tell so you, fight. seeing it for the first time, it was awesome. <laughs> Ryan's ahead of all of us. Yeah. So they fight. <laughs> our, our next week. Got, what did you guys think of the trailer? Didn't watch it. Sam, didn't watch it. Ryan, <laughs> of course I didn't watch it. <laughs> Anyways, so they fight. Shoot, again, whatever. And then... Um, Godzilla wins eventually because he's got more powers. Cool. Kong's like not dead. They yell at each other. Because I guess Godzilla's like, submit! And Kong's like, I did! And Godzilla goes, okay. Because that's how predators work. If you just beat up your prey and they're like, I'm good, man. They just leave you alone. Apparently. Um... And then, so, uh, the, the, the trio of stupids get kidnapped by, um, the Dos Equis guy, and he's like, you should see this thing. It's pretty impressive. <laughs> and they're like, all right, cool. We have this power sword. We have the Energon cubes from the center of the earth that we downloaded over a Gmail. So they put them in, and the thing overloads. I guess. And then Mechagodzilla develops AI out of nowhere. It's if they had just said there was some form of like synapse left in Gojira or not Gojira in Ghidorah and it took over Mechagodzilla. That would have been dumb, but I would have been like, all right, cool. I felt like they tried to, but they just terribly explained it. And then they cut a couple scenes that actually confirmed it. So it just didn't exist at that point. No, they put in the power source and the Godzilla or the Mecha's like eyes are like twitching. And then it's like, I am now evil. At what point? At no, like we are told in the movie, it's a remote control car for all intents and purposes. You just got to wear your crown, your, your Q-bone hat, and then you can control it. So Mecha Godzilla shows up and he kicks OG's ass because he's got rockets and he's big. And you're like, okay. And it is the, at this moment, guys, where I, I said to Nalina, oh no. She's like, what's the matter? I was like, I predicted the end of this movie and I'm not happy about it because it's stupid that I was able to do this. So 
God's, I mean, I will give them credit. They use their ship to explode, to restart Kong's heart. And he's like, I got my adrenaline, baby. And he looks at both and the little girl's like, he's not, she signs correctly. He's not evil. You have to fight the other one. And Godzilla's like, all right. I, or King Kong's like, I got this. And they mostly team up and they defeat Mechagodzilla. But again, this fight should be epic. Use giant wide shots from really cool angles but it's chopped like was this edited by the guy who did taken three because this should be one of the coolest things ever put on western film like if you've seen the the one the og stuff made in japan like maybe it's not as cool because you've seen it but for a lot of people on this side of the world this is the first time you are ever seeing anything like this and it's boring so they fight, they fight, they fight. They team up. He uses his axe. He uses his atomic breath. Uh, at one point, they ripped off the thing from Batman v Superman where they both atomic breath at each other. And Mechagodzilla's is red because he's bad. Uh, and then they're both like, you're pretty cool. Oh, this is when in my head, I literally went to The Rock in Fast Five and Godzilla and King Kong are like, I'll see you around, Toretto. <laughs> like, they have that moment where they're both like, yeah. No, you won't. And and then we get to see that uh, post-credit scene that they put at the ending because they didn't actually have an ending. This was confirmed by Adam Wingard today. That Kong is now living at the center of the Earth by himself. The fucking end. It's pretty dope. He's home. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Yeah, no, that was that was the movie. Um, in my notes, I have. Uh, I hope no one drinks or bathes in bleach because of this movie. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Too late, already happened. Um, what else do I have? Uh, I liked the shot of the plane taking off with Big Monkey behind it. Yeah, that was fun. That was cool. I I will yeah that was off of the off of the aircraft carrier. Yeah, that was cool. I agree. Um, and then I have irresponsible to take small child into the void. Yeah, um, probably. Which is, they just they just took her into the hollow earth. Or lock her in a cabinet for when your ship gets flipped over and yeah. then you can't get out. That wasn't very clever. Um, uh, kind of just ended. Um, forced comedy. My brother didn't like the tap water analogy. He's <laughs> <laughs> a big tap water um, guy. Yeah, yeah, he didn't like that. Um, his notes kind of got jumbled in with mine. Um, <laughs> he laughed like a maniac whenever he heard the words, the world needs Kong. Yeah. Um, that line, he just laughed like a maniac. And I don't know why. I guess he just thought it was really not good. But we need him. he just, I had to pause the movie because he was like, the world needs Kong. Like it's so, um, I think because they're trying to be so sincere about it <laughs> and yeah. I don't know where it's coming from because like, where's this relationship coming from? But like there's the big monkey and there's the, the little girl. But other than that, there's no relationship between Kong and humanity. He's been in a dome this whole time. He doesn't know anything. Yeah, so the world doesn't need Kong so much as it needs lizard repellent so much. There you go. Um, what else do I have? I put down not enough Matthew Broderick uh, Godzilla references, uh, but I guess the fish was a nice, nice throw-in. Yeah. <laughs> um, what else do I have? Uh, forced comedy. 
uh, kind of just ended. Yeah. Um, of course, he attacks Florida. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah, the, I didn't mind some of the fighting. Um, I do wish it was shot better. So there's that, I guess. Um, I really don't have much to say that Kyle hasn't just torn apart. Um, rightly so. I don't think so. I'm being unfair. No, like, I, I'm not saying you haven't not been. High. The, I will say the one thing that disappointed me the most was that this movie's credits weren't nearly as cool as Godzilla King of the Monsters. Yeah. Because that one had a had a dope ass credit song. Hmm. If anyone remembers, I might be the no, only. No, I don't think so. Is that uh, is that coming from the old Cineplex days? Well, it's because I closed at the theater, so I yeah. just heard it a million times. Yeah. I was gonna say you I haven't only seen the saw movie. That movie once. Yeah, you didn't see the movie, but you saw the credits a lot. <laughs> the credits, yeah. You know which credits haunt me to this day? I'll give you a hint. It was a Beatles song. Oh God! No, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> the damn ma- minions revolution. Yeah, yeah that ruined that, that song one for in, me. And Sugar Rush from Wreck It Ralph. Oh, I like that one. <laughs> but that, yeah, that one I like. That's, that's really all I have to say. I like some of the POV. Sh- There's this one POV shot of Kong that was kind of neat. Um, the rest of the the fighting. I mean, the directing wasn't bad, but it wasn't good. Like it wasn't breathtaking. Well, I'd say it was bad. You'd say it was bad? Okay. Well, we. Sorry. I wouldn't say it was the worst, but, like, because I've seen Death Note. <laughs> I'd say. I would say Death Note is, is much worse than this movie, but. Same director, so it's not saying much, I guess. The acting was pretty bad. Um, you know, it's bad when the acting. The best actor in the movie is a CGI gorilla. <laughs> when, you have, when you have human beings on screen. I love the moment, actually, something I did like, when he grabs the ship that Isaac Gonzalez is in, and he pulls it down, and he's looking in it for the girl. And then he's like, nope, fuck him, and just poof, squishes yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Like, he's thinking. And then when he, I did enjoy, I will say, in one of the fight scenes, I think it's in Hong Kong, when he's, like, parkouring off of buildings. Yeah, when because, he's, like, like trying he, to dodge the laser. Yeah, he's thinking. He's a tactical monkey. He's a tactical genius. Yeah. I'm torn. Parts of, this, parts of this movie I liked. Other parts I didn't. A lot of what you're saying is interesting. I missed that part. It was probably during my phone check time. So a lot of that critiques did not settle on. And every time I'd look up, there was a CGI monkey. So I was like, okay, I'm liking what I'm seeing. So I think that's where a lot of disconnect is. I mentioned it earlier. The whole Millie Bobby Brown, Brian, Brian Tyler Henry, and... I feel terrible for Julian Dennison and we'll even throw Kyle Chandler in for that. That whole storyline was completely pointless. Cut it all out. Like it literally accomplished nothing besides let's just go to these areas so we can show you the CGI things before they do something. And like, that's all they were doing was just stumbling upon these areas and wasting time before they actually had to start making this stuff move. So like, just cut that stuff out. I don't even care about it. Just jump in. Show me the action right away. I'll take an hour and 20 minute version of this two hour movie where those characters are not in it anymore at all. Mm -hmm. There's no reference to them. They don't matter to the plot. It literally is just a paycheck for them. Clearly. Can can I tell you what is the biggest crime 
this is hyperbolic and I mean it to be what I think in like the last five years of cinema, which is you created arguably one of the best memes of all time with let them fight. Right. It's amazing. It's a piece of cinematic gold. And then you did it again in King of Monsters. And then you killed off Ken Watanabe in King of Monsters and didn't save him for this. It would have been, I would have been like, I'm done. This is great. Like, this is, it would have, say, I'm going to use another analogy of a shit movie, which is, you had Liam Neeson in, sorry, I'm knocking over my cup. You had Liam Neeson in Battleship, and at no point in that movie does he say, you sunk my battleship. Just imagine. <laughs> Ken Watanabe, put him on the ship. Does it matter? Does it affect the story whatsoever? No. We need another historian. Who knows Godzilla? Who can actually help this crew? Maybe that's why you know the like the trajectory of where he goes. Because there's been a guy who's been following him for as long as we've known he's existed. That would have made sense. And it would have been a human character who actually fucking matters. But if he had been there with Rebecca Hall and its older brother and the little girl for when they restarted, and Kong does the chest pump, which should be amazing, and you see him... And he take like he like pushes away Mechagodzilla from Godzilla, and then they're both like and literally, it, literally or metaphorically, could have been like two v one, like ding ding ding, like that's how stupid this movie could have been, and probably is without the sound effects. If he had been like, let them fight, like, but it, it like pause together, I would have been sold. I would have entirely thought of this. I was like, this movie knows what it is, and that is, I think, one of the biggest sins of it is it doesn't know what it is. There are some interesting things, especially with that, because Kong throughout this whole movie is framed as the protagonist. He's framed as the good character. Nothing. There's nothing bad surrounding Kong, even though they have to drug him or else he's going to kill everyone on these boats. Like they really, they kind of frame Godzilla as a bad guy, but then they kind of make an argument. No, he's just kind of a force of nature and he's just trying to balance everything. So, like, he's not as bad as we made him seem in the first half of this until it goes. This movie is Batman v versus Superman. Like, strip all the way. Like, literally, Godzilla is attacking the human race. Like, if they are going to create something that is going to threaten my dominance as the alpha, if we even believe that for 1%, like, he is literally acting like Bruce Wayne yeah. and King Kong is Superman. That's not a joke. It like, it, this is the worst version of that story, which I find hilarious because Sam has finally seen the Ultimate Edition. Mothra. Why did you say that name? <laughs> it's a good meme. I appreciate that meme. But yeah, I, Rebecca Hall I'm a fan of. I like Skarsgård. Kaylee Hoddle, the girl who is, who is hard of hearing, is the... Uh, yes, uh, that's what I would go with. Yeah. yeah, like that stuff I actually liked. She's ASL. There we go. She's ASL. Yeah, ASL. I, like, I liked her performance a lot. Skarsgård playing off type, I'm iffy on. But like I liked, Accent. I liked that they had, like that's the human element that I'm cool with being the only human element in this. Give me that five minutes of them just saying they can connect. That's why Kong isn't so, so bad. He still likes the people originally from the island he's on. And he connects with them. He was their protector. Cool. That's all we need. There's our human connection. Let's get out of here. Let's go fight. But they they dive into a little too much. They try in Age of Adeline like we they always do, and 
here's the science behind why this is happening and why we're gonna lose everyone while we explain it. Loved Mechagodzilla. Yeah. He was the right bad guy to bring into this. Wasn't crazy about the design. It looked a little skinny, but overall, he was very cool. It was it was kind of cool. like not the again science behind him, but him as a force fighting these two guys. Very cool to watch that fight. Everyone knew it was Mechagodzilla. Still very cool to see him on screen. So like the 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 fights, the design of this center of the earth actually was great. We didn't touch on it quite a bit of how it worked, but it's like as you're coming either from the north or the south coming up, that's kind of where the gravity is, but in the middle, depending upon where you are, it'll pull you one way or another, and that's kind of how they would get ripped apart and how they had to have that special ship to protect from that was when they go all the way through the one end, the pole on the other side is going to rip them that way, so they have to like readjust. That was the only cool part, but I loved that whole design of the center of the earth and that that aspect of the story was cool until they got to the axe thing that Kyle said which just was convenient as all hell but yes it didn't suck for me but you can't look at it more than a CGI fest as soon as you look for anything more I think everyone knew that's where the problems would lie does anyone else want to add anything to Godzilla vs. Kong I don't. Nope. I don't think so. I think we've pretty much examined this uh, inside and out. I mean, it. So, I remember the director stating that there's going to be a clear winner in this fight. Um, so, I, I mean, like, is it fair to say it was Godzilla won? It was. It, it was Godzilla. Was, yeah. Godzilla, Godzilla won. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But then Kong's okay because they yeah. resuscitated him. They resuscitated him. They teamed up. There's a respect between them. It's literally Toretto and Shaw at the end of it because they took out the Brazilian drug cartel leader. In this case, it's Godzilla. (laughs) I want to see Kong and Godzilla, like a narcos, but Kong and Godzilla have to team up and (laughs) take down some kingpins. Yeah, let's do it. Yep, there we go. All right, then. With that. We've talked about Godzilla vs. Kong enough. There's only one... We've talked for it longer than the movie. (laughs) Literally. Should have been. There is only one thing left to do at that point, and that is take it to the Rickman scale, the patented golden Rickman scale, where you can do zero at the lowest, you can do ten at the highest, you can do point fives, and at the end, after receiving each of our scores, we will give you an average to let you know how many golden Rickmans Godzilla vs. Kong will have. Sam, we're looking to you. How are you uh, feeling? Yeah, I'm going to give this a really low one. I'm, I'm going with a three. Okay, three stars, three three Rickmans, uh, one for each monster there, Godzilla, Kong, and one for Hollow Earth. Okay. okay. So shouldn't it be a four? No. Three. <laughs> no. Oh, boy. Math That's is hard. That's actually higher than my number. I'll go next. I'm giving it a four. One for each monster fight, which would make up one good trailer, apparently. All right. Glad I didn't watch that. Swayze. I'm going to give it a five. Um, I don't know. It's like I said, I didn't hate it, but I really didn't like it all that much. But, you know, you know my um, 
how I used to rate things on the old on the old show. A five is not good for me. Um, so it's just five means it exists as a film. <laughs> So That's when fair. we see a, a five from, from Swayze, you're like, wow, that movie exists. <laughs> I think it's really funny that you're saying it exists as a film, Swayze, because like typically movies have a beginning, middle, and end, and this movie doesn't have an end. It exists it as an attempt at a film. They're bros like, now. The end. Well, yeah, story-wise, can't look past this thing having none of that. Uh, but production-wise, I did like the CGI a little bit. There was a lot of good furs on kong so that was fine entertainment every time i looked up there was cgi and they were hitting each other i was happy with that and but what about the times you were looking down <laughs> i wasn't looking at the movie so i wasn't judging it <laughs> oh. and if we go by the order here sam gave a three kyle gave a four justin gave a five so i will give it a six wow yes passable for me but it wasn't anything great but passable i wouldn't watch it again but it was passable <laughs> i don't think i would either yeah and with that though except but i might have to this weekend <laughs> the average on the rickman scale will be 4.5 for congress yeah godzilla vs kong that's a major fail i would even argue a six is like the bare minimum pass so we're going college pass we'll go college pass college pass that's fair <laughs> So, yeah, it was barely that. Or, sorry, it wasn't that at all. Um, and with that, it's one of the lowest movies we have. We have rated, obviously not impeding at all on the crowning achievement for that of We Can Be Heroes, but it made an argument to get down there. Can I ask you guys something out of, out of curiosity? Because I was thinking about this all weekend. Or not all weekend, all I guess the last couple days, but hearing about the box office for the film before it hit HBO Max, because King of Monsters did really poorly. Like it did well internationally, but it did really poorly. Outside of the vacuum that is the pandemic, do I honestly think circumstances being what they not being what they are, that this may have done only slightly better than King of Monsters? Because I don't understand the response that this is getting critically. Like, it baffles me. Yeah, that crit seeing that and then seeing the audience score is, like, in the 90s, I think, last I saw. I, yeah. yeah, that doesn't make sense. And it got an A cinema score, too. So, clearly, people are watching it and are liking it. I think people so. have gone crazy being in quarantine and not seeing a blockbuster <laughs> in, like, a year and a half. There was one t like 13 days ago. I, yeah, I but think a lot of people I, didn't watch that because of four hours or they haven't watched it yet. If I had seen this on a big screen with surrounded by people like excited, cheering, hooping and hollering, I, I think I, it probably would have affected me. But again, like watching it, you know, the way we did, it's just it's so evident that the film's lacking. I wish I had your optimism for it, Sam, because watching it and all the problems I had with it is the exact same things I had with the Transformers movies. Like, two through five have essentially all the same issues, and the experience is, I don't know. I, I wish, I, I, it would have been so great if the four of us could have seen it that way, but we couldn't, right? 
Well, we're going to be stuck in quarantine as we know a little longer. The streaming services and how we're going to watch things is going to continue. And that's going to continue into next week when our next review is going to be for the Russo's new new movie that's come out recently called Cherry. So we're going to see this Tom Holland got what it takes now that he's he had his little bit of acting to start his career and then he's been Spider-Man. Now we're going to see how he's progressed. So you'll be able to hear our review for Cherry next week and any news topics that pop up along the way. Besides that, thank you for giving a listen, guys. If you listen on Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, or Spotify, we appreciate you guys taking the time to give us a listen. If you want to give us any sort of a review, that's totally up to you, but we would appreciate it because it goes a long way for us. And if you... If you give any sort of negative negativity, we'll address it on air. We'll call you out. We'll threaten you with toothpicks, and we'll tell you. We'll tell you. We'll make it like a special edited review that we loved Godzilla vs Kong, and we'll send that one just to you. So you have to watch that movie, and then you're gonna feel real shitty about yourself. Wait, why are we gonna do that? Because someone gave us a bad review, so oh. we're giving them that to change their mind to give us a good review it was long-winded but do i I got there (laughs) and thank you to our guest for coming on today swayze thank you for having me we appreciate you taking the time to a watch this movie and b talk about it for a couple hours with us oh yeah no no problem at all i'm so honored to have gotten to watch this movie i wouldn't have watched if you didn't make me watch it (laughs) that sounds like the reviews of old if i remember correctly Oh no! Wait, the this is our lowest review. What? No, we can be heroes. It's like a two point eight. Oh, sorry. I thought it was four. I thought it was the four point six. <laughs> Never mind. I got excited for a second. If you're interested in checking out any of Swayze's art, Thoulis Art, T H O U L E S S Art, on Instagram, Thank you. on Twitter. If you follow me on Twitter, I'm so sorry. It's it's a fucking nightmare. <laughs> and. <sighs> If you want to see him drawing live, playing a bit of, what, are you playing Battlefront 2 sometimes? You're playing Minecraft? I, I try to if it'll let me. Minecraft, yeah, on that's Twitch. another one. So Twitch, it's Thalus Art as well. And also you have a new project recently announced called Blood of Vader, if you want to allude to what that is a little bit for us. Yeah, so the Blood of Vader project is um, it's for my friend Austin's project. He... Uh, it's actually, uh, I don't know if it's a series or a one-off, but it's an animated short. Um, I'm not, I'm not really um, doing the animations, but I'm doing the tie-in comic. So I will be doing. It'll actually have. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this. I think he said it, so I can. But it'll have some of the rebels characters in it, okay. which have been. It takes place right before the Force Awakens, though, so they're older. So I got to design like an older Zeb and an older Callus. Um, I also got to design the First Order Death Troopers, which are like the black variants, um, which they liked so much that they're changing the actual animation to include the uh, the Death Troopers that I designed, so that's kind of neat. But yeah, it's about... I can't say what it's about, but it's, it's about Kylo Ren, and it's kind of cool. It features a lot of new designs, and it'll be fun. Right on. So we'll have to be on the lookout where... Can we look out for that on social media? That's on on Twitter and Instagram. Just look up Blood of Vader. B-O-V. 
There we go. Blood of Vader. So be on the lookout for that. And Sweezy's art coming up. And as always, you can check him out Instagram, Twitter, and Twitch. Thalus Art. Yes. Yes. Thalus Art. Well, with that, guys, we'll wrap up, put a pin in this till next week when we return with our news and our review for Cherry. Thank you guys for giving us a listen. The quest has been good, but we've taken it beyond.